What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 589 of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast Hot Tags of the Week. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. Joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Hello. And Robert DeFelice. Yo. And, of course, this is the Hot Tags, breaking down all the current events and gossip and rumors and news and TV recap and everything else that happened in the world of pro wrestling that we feel like talking about from the past few days since the last time that we talked to you last Friday with those sets of hot tags or the previous couple other episodes that we had put up earlier this week. Of course we had our main event, which was the superstar scores, Ray Mysterio. Go back and check that out. If you want to know what our ranking was for his zero to 100 score, spoiler alert, he didn't get a five or anything. <laughs> he did pretty well, but if you want to know exactly how well he did go back and check out that episode, also, go back and check out the dark cast that we did of a very special edition of Hall of Lame, which we haven't done in the past year or so. So if you want to check out the third edition for that, you have to be a part of the dark cast here over on the Patreon or on the YouTube channel membership, which is pretty simple. I mean, all you have to do for that is to go to the Patreon itself, patreon.com slash moment. Or if you are on YouTube right now. You should be hitting that subscribe button. Make sure that you are subscribed and ring that little notification bell as well. You should hit the like button, but there's also the join button that's on there. And when you click join, you'll see all the different tiers that are up there. Even a dollar a month goes a long way in helping us out. But if you want to get access to the dark cast for this month or all the other ones, because you do get access in retrospect to the ones we've done in the past, then do the dark cast here. And if you want to request some kind of a special feature, then that is what the Picker Poison is. So if you want to check out the previous Picker Poison that we had done, we did the fan tracks watch along of the Big Money Russell's movie and St. Clown Posse film. So that's over on fanboysanonymous.com because that was sponsored by Marquise. Thank you again, Marquise, for that. And of course, if you just want to toss a little spare change our way in another way, then there's the little thanks button that's on there. Or if you want to pick up merchandise, check it out on TeePublic or Redbubble. For Smart Guy Moment, Fanboys Anonymous, or a Mango Tease. Thank you to whoever just bought a sticker or whatever it was of the one-way ticket to Pound Town <laughs> as we were getting ready to start doing this. I got a little notification about that. Uh, I think that that's funny. That's one of my best sellers is that little stupid thing. I but, wonder why. Yeah, I mean, it's still not the number one bestseller out of everything that's on those three shops. It's still, out of all things, the simple text of the uh, 14 million etc cetera, etc cetera, 605 or, or something i think from infinity war just the text of that i get sticker sales you know like maybe like once a week somebody will buy a sticker on that but hey you want a t-shirt that says small package and points downward then you know where to find it <laughs> and of course make sure that you are doing some of the other things that we've got going on with these hot tags right now which is uh we got the road to wrestlemania contest happening right now the Dusty Rhodes Funko Pops are on the line, presented by fun.com. So enter that contest in all the different ways that you can. You could do at least one entry per day. There are multiple different ways to enter. So if you are a part of the Patreon or you do pick up some merchandise, those count towards that as well. All you have to do is let me know your order confirmation number or prove that you are a part of the Patreon. And then I will give you one of those, uh, or actually one of those sections of points because it's worth multiple entries. But those Dusty Rhodes Funko Pops are up there up until a few days after WrestleMania. So you still have some time to get in as many entry points as you can. 
And also, let's go to the first hot tag here and talk about the Smark Madness tournament that's happening right now. The quest to figure out what is the best wrestling family dynasty of all time is on the third round at the moment, which, of course, I shut off last night with the poll, and that saw Anawai beating Steiner, Orton beating Jarrett. We're talking about the families, not Randy Orton against Jeff Jarrett but I'm pretty sure that that's what would happen anyway. In a big surprise, I think Finley beat Funk and Von Erich. Did not see that coming. I was just assuming, of course, Von Erich would have won the first round, figured at the very least the second round, and if not, that it would have gone to Funk. So Finley, you know, making a, making a play here. What do you guys think about that? Fucking stupid. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm tired of pretending that our fans know anything about wrestling history. <laughs> well, I got a feeling that the Finley uh, family is not going to make it past round three because they are going up against Flair. They beat Wyndham Rotunda. So we got Finley versus Flair. We got Anawaii versus Orton. Since Hart and Guerrero beat DiBiase and Briscoe, that is another one of these matches. And McMahon beat Mysterio and Rhodes beat Cologne, so McMahon versus Rhodes. Oh, I think that most of them make sense. Like the winners, like, yeah, they're, you, they're people that you would have expected to have won. The only one that surprised me is Finley, but I'd say it doesn't surprise me because the people who vote are the people who vote. And so, thanks for you voting, by the way, but you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I really did expect this to be when I was putting the bracket together and I saw the seeding that we had done on the one of the previous starcasts. I was expecting this to be Anawaii versus Orton, Von Erich versus Flair, Hart, Guerrero, McMahon, Rhodes. I thought maybe there was a chance that Mysterio could beat McMahon. If not just because, look, I mean, if you're voting in ring-wise, obviously Mysterio has a much better track record than McMahon. Or if you're you know, pro Dominic right now and you're anti Vince. I thought that maybe that could go one way or another figured Rhodes would pretty much definitely beat clones. And, um, I'm not at all surprised about like Guerrero making it all the way to this point or anything, but I'm currently assuming, and this is what my vote has already been. So not, um, actually like spoiling anything here, <laughs> but I'm voting Anawaii over Orton. I'm voting Flair over Finley. I'm voting Hart over Guerrero. And I'm voting Rhodes over McMahon. Because in the grand scheme, obviously, the McMahons have done more to the pro wrestling business. But I just kind of would rather see uh, Rhodes versus Hart in the next round. But it could go either way. Do you guys have any that you're leaning towards for any of these four matches for the Elite Eight? I wouldn't vote Rhodes over McMahon in any world. Um Look, the Rhodes family is great, but McMahons are the McMahons. And I just can't imagine saying that Rhodes family for the three wrestlers that we have seen have had a greater impact on wrestling than what the McMahons have done. Uh, out of the choices, I'm probably going Anaway, and then I'll go... Hot over Guerrero, as much as I like Eddie Guerrero. The rest of them obviously don't match up to the rest of the hearts. Um, I would say 
I'm probably actually was. I'm probably actually going to go Finley over Flair. Really? Just see no, if it's it ends up making well, it. got Rick and Charlotte. It's like I think that realistically, the Finley clan actually has a better series of like an overall series of wrestlers than uh, than Flair and Charlotte. Well, yeah, I mean, Charlotte we, did, we didn't just vote in a Finley as a member of the Hall of Lame. We did, <laughs> yeah. however, vote in a Flair. Um, and then probably go with um, I'd go Rhodes over McMahon because I would lead towards the actual when I think like wrestling family, so the family that actually wrestles rather than the family that runs wrestling instead. So I would, I would just go with the Rhodes, and also because you no know, fuck bins. <laughs> we all know where we think that this is heading. We've said it before, so we'll see if it goes down there with uh, with round four. But round three is going to be up until Thursday night. So vote while you can and tell us what you think. And of course, tell us what you're thinking about all these other hot tags that we're going to get into, which we should start moving along here with, uh, I guess, some of the non-TV stuff. Let's get into, eh, let's just go into the thing that I have for the thumbnail. The Bella Twins, Nikki and Brie, are no longer the Bella Twins. They have officially left WWE. And they are now putting it out there that they are just going to go by the Garcia twins. Obviously, that's their name. So that's why they can't just continue to be the Bella twins. No necessary like projects that they've uh, said, like, you know, well, with this, we're going to announce that they're going to have total Garcias or something. But I'm assuming they're just going to continue to do whatever they do. I haven't really been following too much of their careers. I watched about half an episode of that Barmageddon show, and it's not for me. And I can't think of anything else that they've ever announced that I would be interested in. Like, I'm not a wine person. I don't care about reality TV. I I don't think that they're going to pop up in AEW for any kind of meaningful thing for anybody that's wondering about that. But I do think that we will potentially at least see them on screen in some fashion. What about you guys? I think just to go with the wrestling part first, they could appear in a Brian segment like... Bree Garcia Danielson can at least be part of this since everything with MJF was so personal. You now it feels a little better now that hey, maybe you can get something out of that if you choose to. Obviously, you don't need the Bell Twins or the Garcia Twins in AEW, but also Nikki wants to wrestle again. I can't imagine that she would because they have the perfect. WWE story and they don't need to wrestle again. But if she wants to, it's there. And as far as like the announcement itself, I'm a little surprised. Like only because they're so closely associated with WWE and they could have been ambassadors forever. I think it boils down to Nikki and Brie actually give a shit. And want control of their own stuff. And this is easier for them. So kudos to them. Uh, they're doing a podcast. Basically the one they're already doing. Except now it's called the Nikki and Bree show. Instead of the Bella's podcast. And I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah, I can appreciate them taking a a gamble on themselves. In terms of just being prominent personalities now and not wanting to be 
mutually tied to WWE for the entirety of their the remainder of their careers. So I can understand that decision to want to just be the Garcia twins instead and see them transition into presumably more reality TV stuff and more business ventures where they don't have to be as closely tied to or feel, um, I guess, obliged to WWE in some fashion. It leaves them open to do kind of whatever they want because I don't I don't know how restrictive ambassadorial contracts are. I assume they're not very, but if there are any kind of restrictions or limitations on what they can do, where they can go, probably the best thing is to, um, yeah, it's, if you feel like, yeah, I don't really want to be under that kind of scrutiny or feel like I'm I'm always just going to be known by this the, the name that was given to me by a particular company and mm-hmm. rather just be known for who we are instead then yeah I could totally get into, I could totally buy into that obviously like you I probably won't be uh, seeking out too much stuff that they end up doing but you know if they I, I don't and I don't imagine they're going to end up in AEW they've pretty much said as much they're not going to AEW but, I don't uh, buy. I don't buy a damn thing when a wrestler says that. <laughs> no, I don't. I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say so either. But I don't think they'd be signed officially, primarily just due to the fact that I, I don't know what Nikki's medical status is. Above all else, really, like she's had a lot of neck problems, so I don't know if you'd want to risk doing that. But then again, Paige had a lot of uh, neck problems before she came came to AEW as Soraya. So who, who knows? But um yeah I, I the decision is one that makes like total sense to me and i assume whenever if and it, when they want to come back or want to resume that role they'd be they'd be welcome back yeah i mean i do think that eventually we will see them back in wwe at least for one off like a, a one-off yeah like i mean they've already gotten their induction into the hall of fame so that's not left on the the to-do list and brian's not a part of wwe and it's not like they have the ties to anybody else that they necessarily have to like i mean it's not like nikki and john cena are still together or anything but never say never and i i don't anticipate them wrestling anymore but hey look if this is a means to be able to take more control over their names and to just step away entirely maybe make more money in the grand screen too because like what is wwe offering them at this point that they can't just do on their own i don't think wwe is actually managing anything for them i don't think that they're they're probably not doing anything but taking a certain cut actually so if i were in their shoes i'd probably do the exact same thing and everybody knows that they're the bell twins they don't lose their like their shine. It's not like you you have a character that ends up being like ah oh, you can't be twins anymore now that you're not in WWE. They're the Garcia twins. They're Nikki and Bray. They're Nicole and you know like it's the same names. They're not even trying to use different names like that. So kudos well, to them man. for go ahead uh, going ahead and just doing that. And it for is the people- also their name though. Like it's not like the Nikki and Bray was the fake part. The only fake part right. Was- yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like you can still use Nikki and Bray. Garcia is something that hasn't been like hidden from the public for people to be like, you know, I didn't know that their names were Garcia. That doesn't fucking change anything. So um, anybody that is a super big fan of them, I'm sure that you'll get more 
of the same content that you're already liking, if not even better stuff down the line. Maybe they have been stopped from doing things in the future, and now they can do that. So good for them. Yeah, they can finally take the, shack- the shackles off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did just mention the Hall of Fame, so let's go back and talk about something that happened since the last Hot Tags and then another announcement. Uh, we did get confirmation that Rey Mysterio is going into the Hall of Fame. We talked about him as much as we can pretty much talk about when it comes to the superstar scores. So we don't really need to get into that, but we do know another person that is in the hall of fame. Now, finally, we've got two people into the hall of fame. Great Muda is going in as we suspected. He is going to be inducted by Ric Flair. And we also know now that Conan is inducting Rey Mysterio. So first question I have for you guys, what do you think about the inductees? Fucking great. Like, from a wrestling perspective, I don't know if there's two better Hall of Famers than Rey Mysterio and the Great Muda from a modern standpoint. Um, innovative as fuck. Muda never wrestled for WWE, but not everybody needs to. Abdul is in their Hall of Fame. And I think Muda's goes against. I think we kind of predicted this when they allowed Nakamura to go to Noah and wrestle Muda. So, good stuff all around. Yep, I can't say uh, anything negative about the two choices. Mysterio is, as we mentioned in the Superstar Scores episode, he's just an absolute legend and one of the most, if not the greatest, luchadors of all time. And Muta is a legend in Japan, and like both as Keiji Muto and as the great Muta, think that his legacy is enduring and he did so many great stuff and he only stopped wrestling this year after a very very long career a few weeks ago <laughs> yeah and, yeah exactly so um i mean he was like world champion of Noah only a, only a year ago or so so like that's uh so yeah a long enduring and like celebrated career so yeah absolutely they sh- they are two uh rightful choices very credible choices for the Hall of Fame. What do you guys think about Flair inducting Muta and Conan inducting Rey Mysterio? All I would I, say is that um, I would I would double check their scripts before you send them out there. <laughs> you double check the and have Reggie do it. <laughs> and I mean, if you thought you know, cutting off Flair during his actual induction speech was that I, w- I would kind of keep them very tight on time here. And this is technically the first thing Conan is going to do under the WWE umbrella, is it not? Would uh, it be? Well, yeah. I mean, he was, he was supposed to be the, he was supposed to be the original Max Moon. And then he bailed. Yeah. They bailed on the company for that. And then they ended up switching to whoever Max Moon ended up being. I can't remember the guy's name, but, um, Pat Diamond, I believe. Yeah, something like that. And then, um, yeah, so, and then, yeah, he's pretty much exclusively beyond that point, just wrestled for WCW and obviously in, in Mexico. Yeah, and TNA and all that. Yeah. So he's he's worked basically everywhere else that isn't WWE, but as far as I'm aware, he's not had an actual match in WWE. So, yeah, this has been interesting. I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan both from an in-ring standpoint and for some of the stuff that he says. I'm shocked. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm shocked to hear this. 
So I, I, I mean, I can understand why he's why Mysterio wants him to nominate him because fundamentally, if he had the option, well, if, if the option was available, it would be Eddie. Right, obviously. that's the thing, and you can't do Dominic right now because Dominic's feuding with yeah. him, so that's off the table. It wouldn't so make a of, whole lot of sense for me to just like jump straight to Santos Escobar either. No, so Conan's the right choice for the guy who's been with Mysterio for such a long period of his career. Mm-hmm. through WCW. The only other choices I could potentially think of is the guys like Billy Kidman because they were very closely linked to WWE or uh, trying to think. And I've seen WCW as well as part of the Filthy Animals. You might look at someone like a... Um, like Edge? Yeah, Edge or Jericho. If, obviously, if Jericho, Jericho was available. A- I think if Jericho wasn't in AEW, it would be Jericho. I think it would um, still be Conan. Yeah. Because no, he's, yeah, he's tied with Conan, so... Well, that's, that's the thing is the announcers that like he said that like that he basically just requested that I wanted to be Conan that puts me in. So like this is Mysterio's choice. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we could say like, oh, could have been this guy or this guy. Or this guy's like, no, this is the guy that Ray is specifically picked. For <laughs> yeah. it, so. But obviously they could have turned him down with the whole MLW thing. So if they would have said, no, you need to figure out somebody else, then that's where he would have needed to do some kind of. Yeah, maybe he talks about... Yeah, Mick Foley mentioned, what was it, like, last week or something, that they do reserve the right to say no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, you don't want to have somebody who could be causing some kind of contract issues or something. With lawsuits and all. We talked about this a little bit on the uh, Superstar Scores podcast, but you guys, we're all pretty much in agreement that it would have been Dave or Rock, but Dave and Rock were not available, so hey, Dr. Ray, he'll be our headliner this year. You mean like a emergency like, backup plan, kind of? Like, yeah, it would have been Batista or it would have been Rock. Yeah, I kind of get that feeling. I think that that's actually the reason why we didn't get any announcements for the Hall of Fame is because they wanted to announce, like, the headline act first, which really, like, it wouldn't matter, you know, if you would have announced just, like, yeah, I don't know, like, who, who's like a a lower end person who could go into the hall of fame this year. Like, uh, I don't know. He, he wouldn't go in the hall of fame, but like, let's just say like, it's flash funk. <laughs> like, if they would have just been like, Oh, we're going to announce the first member of the hall of fame. It's flash funk. Then if you were to announce a bigger name down the line, everybody would go, Oh, well that's the headliner. Anyway, like, it wouldn't have been a difference, but I think that they didn't want to announce anybody until they announced the headliner. And they couldn't get Batista to lock anything down. They couldn't get The Rock to lock anything down. They probably don't want to do John Cena quite yet. So then they were like, who do we have that we know is available? Like 100%, there's no issue whatsoever. And I also think that Ray is just kind of wrapping it up anyway. And I mean, they're in Hollywood. It's not quite the same, but you do have... You're not going to San Diego like, for Mania. So. Yeah, like it, it's not going to be in San Diego. So being in California, maybe that's another thing that leans more towards that. But I didn't get the feeling whatsoever that this was something that's been in the works for a while. I don't think that they were like five and a half weeks ago even being like, why don't we go with Ray for the Hall of Fame? I think that that's whatever. Or that last year when they were starting to plan a, in a year in advance, which they should do because they should do that for every part of Mania. I don't think that they were like, hey, how about by the time we come back around to this next year, we go with Ray. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. 
Muda, same yeah, thing. I don't think Muda was a part of their plans whatsoever until like he announced his retirement. All. Yeah, I think I think as soon as Muda asked for Shinsuke, they were like, mm-hmm. and you're going in the Hall of Fame. Right. Still a shame that they couldn't get anything going for the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I agree. At least then you could have been like, yeah, and he just wrestled for the in the Royal Rumble and all. There is a rumor that Stacy Keebler is going to be another person that's going to be inducted. Uh, maybe or maybe not. She is the one that's inducted by Mick Foley. I don't know. Maybe there are other people. They did say again that it's supposed to be a smaller class. So I'm not anticipating many more people, but I don't think it's going to be just two people going into the Hall of Fame. I'm expecting like four, maybe five. I'm expecting five. I don't think. You need to get to seven. I think there's a chance that they maybe wrap the celebrity inductee altogether. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a celebrity this year. And I actually kind of don't think we're going to get a warrior award. But if they do, I think it's going to be like a quick, like a two minute video package thing of just like Titus O'Neil, former Warrior Award winner, presented the Warrior Award earlier today to this person. We want to thank them for their contributions in stem cell research or whatever. I don't know. They never seem to have anything that they actually go by. <laughs> You'd be like, this person makes a hell of a BLT down the street. <laughs> Let's give them a Warrior Award. <laughs> Titus was the last one, right? Um, or was it Shad? No, Shad was the last one. Yeah, that one was well-deserved. And Titus, too, for that matter. You know, But sometimes they just kind of... This person has nothing related to wrestling whatsoever, has never even popped up in the crowd for a WWE show, and we're just going to do it for PR purposes. I don't know. Mania this year seems really weird. It seems like they are doing a lot of cost-cutting as well, and obviously the lack of attention that's been on the Hall of Fame and the lack of build to some of the matches on the card and the lack of not even knowing if SmackDown's supposed to be another WrestleMania SmackDown and... Well, they don't need to tell you that until the week before. I mean, they, it seems like they might not even need to tell people that they need to be in Hollywood for WrestleMania until the week before. It's another story that's been going around this week with, uh, you know, less people being shipped out there. And you guys I getting a feeling that they're really just like harping on the cost cutting because of the sale and that's it? Or do you think that they're like, we don't care anymore? I don't think that? it's necessarily a bad thing to say, hey, if you're not needed, let's not send everyone if they're not needed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that that's inherently a bad thing. I think we're just so used to, well, everybody's just going to be there and get everybody on the card and make sure everybody's there just in case. I don't think it's inherently a bad thing. I As for what, why they're cutting costs, I don't want to speculate because there's so much up in the air. Do you guys have any kind of like concerns that this is going to be not just like the the card and like the matches and the quality of we're, we're going to talk about like what's supposed to be the main event of night one and all that, but ignoring that aspect of WrestleMania, do you guys get the feeling that it's going to be a little just like lackluster of, well, we don't have as much pyro. Maybe the set's not as good. Maybe Absolutely the, not. the pre-show panel doesn't have the same setup. Maybe, you know, like any of that, or do you think it's, this is just a. Uh, Absolutely not. I think behind the scenes, I, I think whatever's happening 
is only affecting behind the scenes. I think WrestleMania will look as grand a spectacle as ever, and maybe even more so. What about you, Callum? No, I have yeah, I have no concerns. Like WrestleMania is all about the pomp and circumstance, so I have no uh, thoughts that they're going to like make the set any less grand or um, put any less sort of like effort into the look and feel of it. Or the pre-show panel won't go for the full two hours every every show, even if they've got nothing to say. For <laughs> I really hope they don't think hour two hours. They will be. So just get over it. Yeah, it's just yeah. they don't need two hours per show. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> Yeah. If you're going to have so, two hours of show, yeah. you have no reason not to have an Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I have no uh, no concerns over that aspect. I think any elements of cost-cutting are kind of pretty... Honestly, it's 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 quite efficient, it seems. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the way I feel about it as well. I'm not opposed to the idea of like the international commentary team not being there, for instance. I know that that was something that came up, and that's something that they had previously done and people are just paying more attention to it now but yeah like that oh. to me is like you don't need to ship out another 14 people to sit around the commentary booth or something like they, they could do it that remote or you know was that one dude that Corey graves used to be like every pay-per-view would just mess with him he's like one of the chinese uh announcers um, like, oh man, I went partying with this guy. Like He's Sean Dang or something? Yeah, it's something like that. It's just like Corey Graves used to have fun messing with him. I enjoyed stuff like that, but we certainly don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the, the reason to ship somebody out, then that's not saying much. But um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're going to see. I'm really hoping that this ends up being like my favorite set because I really like this logo. And there's so much potential with the film strip and all. I don't want to see them cop out. I don't know. We'll figure that out. One of the things we need to figure out is also going to be how they balance out night one and night two of WrestleMania. And I put up a little post on EWN about this, about my theory of what they should do. And then by the next morning, they end up going, yeah, here's a bunch of information that some of that's going to be flowing in the opposite direction of what you were saying. Some of it's going to confirm it. One of the things being talked about is that the current plan, so to speak, rumor mill, blah, 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 allegedly, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is that Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley is going to main event night one. And I have not seen any, and I mean any, reactions to this on Twitter or Facebook or just within, you know, like normal group chats and text messages and stuff. I haven't seen any responses other than two. Number one being, well, of course they needed to do that. The women need to have the other main event if the men are going to have one of them. And the other one has been the more prominent one even, which is that's going to be the main event. I don't think that that's been built up worthy enough for that. That's kind of stupid. Why isn't it the tag team match? Every single reaction I've seen has been that. Not even to say like people saying, oh, well, why isn't it Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins? Or why isn't it? Uh, John Cena versus Austin Theory, or why isn't it? I haven't even seen anybody argue that it should be Bianca Belair versus Asuka. It's just, it should be the tag match. This is not a hot enough feud. They're only getting it for political reasons. And to be perfectly honest, I kind of feel exactly like that. I don't think that this is hot enough for it. Ripley's great. Flair, of course, she's got the lineage behind her. 
it makes sense that they can consider that potentially a thing, but they haven't done jack shit to actually put a fire under this feud. They barely interact with each other. And when they do, they basically just look at each other and go, we're going to fight at Mania. It's the same as what the Bianca Belair and Asuka thing is. This is going to end up being a really lame end to night one, isn't it? Not necessarily. No, because they'll have a great match. At the end of the day, that's all. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of the the overall vibe would be. As long as the match is good, that it doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, the reason behind this, I mean, people are saying it's the political side of things. The women won one, and so the women need to have one main event, and the men have the other. And I'm sure there's that aspect to it. But fundamentally, um, Rhea won the Royal Rumble. She should be main event in WrestleMania. That's kind. That's the more of the prominent argument that I've seen online. Is yeah, of course, Rhea and Charlotte are main event in WrestleMania. Rhea won the Royal Rumble, and everyone's saying, "Well, what about the tag team match?" But uh, fundamentally, we just need to draw a line here. There's no tag match yet. Tag match yet. Right. There, been, that is something to talk been, about. Yeah, it hasn't been booked. It, it's as far as all the wrestlers concerned in that sort of proposed tag match, which we all know is happening. But like, but. They like on at least on the one side of the team, they don't want to team together, or one of them wants to team together, and the other one is firmly against it. So you can't really say, "Oh, this is going to be the main event of our show," if you're not going to formally announce it until like a week or two before the event. Now they That's could like, get around that by just not saying anything about it. Well, yeah, you know, well, yeah, you like, could do the you could do the thing that you did with Austin and Owens last year, because realistically, the main event of WrestleMania night one last year was Charlotte versus Ronda. And they throw in the Austin thing at the end. So you could do a thing of like build the entire show around is are Owens and Zayn going to challenge you so for the tag titles and then have that like clipped on at the end. But realistically, you're just going to have that match at another stage of the show and you're going to do the Royal Rumble winner getting there and main event shot at... Charlotte in the main event. Well, I mean, so, it's uh, even simpler. They haven't announced any match is going on at any time yet. Except for Cody. Cody on Monday officially announced on Sunday, April 2nd, I'm going to beat you. I mean, that's like yeah. self-explanatory that that's going to be there. But like they haven't said, for instance, the winner of Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus tonight is going to challenge Gunther for the Intercontinental title on night one of WrestleMania. Or because they haven't they said... Right. I mean, they, they haven't know what they want to do. Like they haven't said Brock Lesnar and Omos is going on night one or night two. I'm assuming it's night one. I'm assuming it's very early on night one. So Brock can they, just fucking leave, you know, that kind of thing. But they have, they, they have announced that Seth versus Logan Paul is happening on night one. They announced that have somewhere. They, I well, didn't come across it, that. It's on, it's on Wikipedia that that's on night one. So again, it's wiki. So. But, but, but yeah, like they, that, but they like could get away with not. Accurate. Yeah. They like, could get away with not actually saying the main event for night one is going to be whatever until they announce the tag team match. Cause I'm, I'm really hoping we don't get a situation here with undertaker and John Cena, where it's like, we got to wait until mania for them to announce that spontaneously the match is going to happen. I think that they're going to announce it ahead of time. And I at that point, 24 hours before they could be on SmackDown. It could be on the raw before we're running out of time for it. Sure. But I do think that, they could just not announce something like that and then whatever. But I think at this point, the biggest issue for anybody that's wondering too, like my complaint about the whole thing isn't that Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair, the Royal Rumble mix and the title and everything isn't worthy of it. I think the feud isn't worthy of it. 
that's where the issue is that WWE just haven't done anything for it. And when you've got more buzz going into Rey Mysterio versus Dominic that hasn't been announced yet, like I genuinely care more about seeing what happens in that storyline than I do about, despite the fact that I want Rhea Ripley to win, I want them to have it definitive enough that it starts to offset some of the bullshit that they've done in the past where they had Charlotte beat her like nine times for no fucking reason. I just kind of feel like it's sort of a lame duck. Yeah. Those two just wait a couple weeks and see the match. And that seems to me like that's a little dangerous to go into the match, having the main event be something where you just didn't put any kind of fire behind it. And people are going to be like, do I really want to, wait for the main event of WrestleMania night one to be that maybe I'm just gonna, maybe I'll tune out a little bit earlier or, you know what I mean? Fundamentally, whoever wants to watch it. You got to repeat that. You're (laughs) way away from the camera, uh, not to the camera away from the microphone at that point. Fundamentally. And then we didn't hear you. Fundamentally, whoever wants to watch WrestleMania is going to watch all of it. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know anyone who, would sit through five hours of wrestling and then go, yeah, I don't want to watch Rio versus Charlotte. You know, maybe not the whole thing, but I think that there are people that would look at the main event of night one, be in that and go, maybe I'll skip night one. Yeah, I mean, I could say that. And then I think their response would probably be, eh, who cares? That's like, that's I mean, like- we, we know <laughs> fuck them's a response with <laughs> some matches yeah. that people would complain about. Yeah. Because realistically, like if that if they put the Owens and Zayn tag match when that is announced on night one, then people are going to watch night one, wherever it's positioned on the card. If they put Cena versus Fury on night one, or they put um, I don't know the Hell in a Cell match, or they already putting Seth Rollins and Logan Paul on night one, they'll put together enough matches on there. People will just okay, I'm watching night one, and even if I'm not super into the main event. If the match is good, then realistically, I've watched enough things on the show. I'm probably going to watch the main event. More than anything, probably just so that a lot of people would be a case of they're watching the main event because they want to see if Charlotte fucks up as badly as she did against Shotzi. <laughs> and, um, and and so they can complain about it. That's well, I mean, I'm watching I, that main event. We do the whole thing we've talked about before. If you start chopping it down piece by piece yeah i mean realistically people are going to watch mania no matter what people are going to watch mania even if not a single match would have had build if they would have waited until the smackdown before mania to announce every match on mania people would have watched mania but then that's where the passion behind me just goes i don't want to make excuses for when they don't care and i am not okay with the past couple of wrestlemanias being so much of Let's wait until we just do this as like a whatever. And then we just isn't the match good. Or if the match isn't good, then move on, whatever. Like I, I, I want people to care about everything the way that I care about stuff. So <laughs> when I go into like creating a, a silly graphic for something and I actually put some time and effort into it, I want people to take their biggest show of the year and to put, the actual effort in. So I look at Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte and I go, man, this should have been a huge, huge match. Two of the best and brightest that they have on the roster. 
arguably the top two women in the division. I mean, you could talk uh, obviously about Becky and Bailey and all the other people that are really good. Multiple years to build this up that you've had. And instead, all you've really got for it is, well, Rhea better fucking win the title. And if she doesn't, that's ludicrous. And maybe the match will be good, or maybe it'll be kind of on the bland side, the way that some of those Charlotte Flair matches we've been watching recently have been. That's not good. So I'm not going to be like, ah, it's good enough. Nah, fuck them. They should do a better job. If that ends up being the night one main event, which I do think is going to be the case, I think we're looking at the tag titles opening up night two. That's the highly potential, yeah. I'm personally in a place where I'm tired of everybody just going, well, you know the reality, so it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm so... Can't we just care about the things that we put on our program? Like, it's so much better. It's so much better when they care. Case in point, everything Sami Zayn did with with Roman Reigns. That was such good TV up up through Chamber because there was so much care. I I just want that for everything. I don't know. Well, one of the other things going on about Mania right now, as far as the rumor mill is concerned is that there are going to be two fatal four-way tag team matches that are going to be added to the card. One of them being that Becky Lynch and Lita will pull double duty, as we've mentioned before. They'll go up against Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, and then two other teams. I don't know. Maybe it's Carmella and Chelsea Green. Maybe it's Natty and Tegan. Maybe it's Liv and Raquel, who's not really a tag team, but it will be a means to get them on the card. That, I would assume, would be on night two after the six-woman tag being on night one. And then there's also this thing going on about the Street Profits against the Viking Raiders against Braun and Ricochet against Alpha Academy. Get everybody on the card, baby. Do a fucking Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. (laughs) Then you can get all the other people in there, too. It's not that hard. And then... But you, you promised something to Fox. Maybe give me Andre something. It just seems like such a weird, like, why are we tossing this on there? It at least better be a number one contenders match. Well, yeah, you'd imagine that that's probably going to be the case. But I don't then, think they're going to announce it like that, though, actually. I wouldn't be shocked at all if they just do the match. And then afterward, they go with the whole, well, you know, the... The Viking Raiders won this match, so they should be potentially in contention for a tag team title shot against the Usos or Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you know? I think above all else, they are going with this, well, first of all, the men's tag team match. They need to announce the, the actual tag title match first before they reveal that this is going on. Because otherwise, the question is, well... <laughs> Why, why, they why, fighting why, for the why, why didn't you want to just fight for the tag titles instead? Because no one else is challenging the Usos. Um, and then, yeah, the women's one, that kind of makes sense that they would have a women's tag team title match. It feels like it's quite odd that the only people, of all the people that are going to be doing double duty, Leet is one of them. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it could be some kind of a weird switch up. They, there has been a couple... Tag well, there, there has been reports that there should be like some twists and turns to this whole story. 
And there's two ways that I could imagine that potentially going down. Well, there's three, technically. I mean, number one is Becky Lynch and Lita just happened to fight both nights. But I had pitched on the EWN article. I was like, I would personally rather see Becky Lynch and Lita defend the titles on SmackDown and lose them. And then Ronda and Shayna not go up against Becky and Lita on night two, but to go up against whatever other teams and you don't have them pull double duty. Because then I think that, that gives you a little bit more steam with the Becky and Lita and Trish match. And, you know, damage control can interfere and can screw them over. Then it's like, ah, we cost you the titles. And now tomorrow night on Mania, you know, shit's going to go down. But I also think that they might have a plan in mind for Lita to not wrestle night two. It might be Becky and Trish. What? Think about it this Why? way. Becky Lynch, Lita, Trish, they win their match at uh, night one, and then they end up doing something where it's like, oh, you know, but Lita's like too injured to compete at night two, and Trish is going to step in. Because we know that there's at least some talk that Becky Lynch and Trish are going to fight at SummerSlam. Well, if they tag together and they lose the belts... Maybe there's like a turn that happens there. Maybe that's what sparks something. And I know if people will be like, well, that's not a trios title or whatever. That's not a free bird thing that hasn't stopped them from doing weird stuff in the past. So I could see yeah, that potentially being I mean, the case. There's just no precedent here to do that. You know, just have Rhonda and Shayna show up on raw. It's not like the brand split matters and have them in the belts. We'll do that next week. And I just have them show up. They're Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. It's not like you're going to say no. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't really have a uh, a dog in this race. Really, it's like, yeah, I don't really care what the tag team title match is going to be because I don't really care about the tag team titles. So. WWE well, doesn't. They, well, yeah, well, yeah, well, I don't know either because they they don't, so I don't either. So whatever they end up doing, they just end up doing. Just the end result's going to be the same. Shayna and Ronda are winning those belts, so most likely, yeah. Then again, I didn't ever expect expect they'd give uh, Aaliyah the tag team titles, but they did. So who knows? Hmm. Well, let's talk about a question mark for Mania. What the hell is going on with Bray Wyatt? A physical issue. This physical issue is about as vague as the Roxanne Perez thing, which we'll talk about. If he's injured, you need to figure out another alternative. If he's not injured, why aren't you doing something to build this mania matchup? This has been essentially nothing so far. I mean, Bray Wyatt issued a challenge to Brock or Bobby. And then there's been, what, two appearances so far? One where Bobby beat the shit out of Uncle Howdy, and then one where Bray Wyatt popped up and had the muscle man dance, and that's it. And the rest of it's been, I think, two promos from Lashley saying, I'll fight anybody at Mania. Not even, like, uh, just specifically about Bray Wyatt. I'm hoping at this point, not just because of the Bray Wyatt thing, I don't think it's going to be good and all, but kind of hoping that maybe this doesn't happen and Bobby Lashley fights somebody else. 
but I'm really curious why nothing is happening about it and what this physical issue is about. Do we have any kind of reports about what this physical issue might be? If it's like, it's got COVID or that like, uh, as best I know. And I've been a little preoccupied with just like the day to day, every day there's wrestling on TV. So I'm covering that stuff. Sean reported that it's a physical issue while other people were trying to report that, oh, there's creative problems and he's unhappy, yada, yada. Am I wrong on that, Cal? Well, that seems pretty much the gist of what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's fundamentally, there's no details on what this physical issue is. There's no specifics, if that is the case. So... Yeah, we just have to wait and see. But according to all reports, he's going to be a mania. And yeah, if it's one of these things where he's going to be hurt or struggling up until a week or two before mania, then fundamentally you kind of have to put this on the back burner or just do stuff with uh, Uncle Howdy in the meantime because you've got really no other option to build this up because if Bray's not healthy enough at the moment to be on TV or compete, then yeah, you have to just make do with what you got. Like sometimes just circumstances are getting in the way, but yeah, overall, like none of us were super excited about this match anyway. And by all accounts, it's still going to happen, but now it's just even more, uh, even less of a build. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Even as a build, it's even more of an uninspiring situation than it was previously. So yeah, it's just another one in the catalog of WrestleMania matches that realistically, I'm just kind of ambivalent towards, if not just actively not liking. My issue with the the potential physical issue aspect of this is obviously we don't know what is going on, but if he never fucking wrestles, it's not like anything changed like that. Like if it's like, oh, he's got a broken finger and that's why we don't want to have him get physical or, you know, he's, um, he's having some kind of leg issues or, you know what I mean? Like, like he's not doing anything physical to begin with. So you don't need to do anything like that. Well, people are incorrect in that assessment in the fact that they all just believe that he's had that one match since he came back. He's been wrestling on house shows. Yeah. Yeah. But the house shows don't build it up on TV anyway. Well, no, yeah. but like he has been wrestling. He did get so a broken he could get, finger. He could, yeah, yeah, and he did get a broken finger, and he could get injured doing a match at a house show. So, so people were saying like, "Oh, what? How could he be injured or have a physical issue if he's not even wrestling?" He's like, well, "He is wrestling. He's just not wrestling on TV." He didn't wrestle at MSG. That's for one thing for sure. Um, well, yeah, so this has yeah, been going on at least as far as that uh, show, but like that shouldn't. Depending on what the physical issue would be, of course, that shouldn't stop you from being able to film a promo. Like another backstage Firefly Funhouse thing. If he's got like the flu or something where it's like, okay, well, we can't have him out there. Like if he's got COVID, for instance, and they're like, we got to keep him away. We don't want to get anybody else infected. We can't have him record anything. To me, it's like it's WrestleMania maybe you ship him out a green screen for 30 bucks and he records that. And then you fucking edit it, you know, like you, you're a billion dollar corporation. If I can do that for some of my stuff, I think that you could do it too. And to not have 
anything building towards this makes me feel again like they're like it doesn't matter and we're going to announce in a week or something that the match is happening officially and it'll be three minutes and it doesn't fucking matter if the match is good either. Like, so I'm curious what the fiscal issue is. I don't know if it's something that makes any sense for them to not be able to do anything whatsoever. But then I also kind of go, well, you know what? You probably dug yourself this hole to begin with too, because the story was stupid and, you should have done something over the couple of weeks when you could have done something every week that you have TV, you have two episodes of TV, you have five hours of raw and SmackDown content. You should have at least 30 seconds to build something towards a WrestleMania match. It's the biggest show of the year. It's the one pay-per-view that if you're not going to care 12 months out of the year, but you're going to kick it into gear for one of those months, this is the month to do it or the March to WrestleMania. And I feel like the biggest matches don't matter. So what, what's the point in the rest of the year? You know, that's how I feel, but just creating content for the sake of it is something you're never going to hear me be like, that's fine in my book. I, yeah, I am well past the, uh, content for content's sake is good but like i'm also for being honest not going to complain about the lack of a firefly funhouse segment on my programming like figure something else out the wyatt thing is already a dud you might as well do whatever you gotta do i mean i would much rather them just be like and we've decided that bobby lashley is going to fight I don't know. Uh, let's. I mean, at this point, you're really running out of time. But like, I'd rather see Bobby Lashley against Karrion Cross, for instance. I don't. It, it's not going to be anything that's like, wow, you know, that's a big, big step in the right direction, and it's so much more engaging of a feud, especially with like a week's worth of build. But I think that I would at least be more interested in it than the Bray Wyatt one, unless you've I got some trick up your it. sleeve. Like, if it ends up being like. Well, we do have this crazy gimmick thing that we want to do for it. But then in that case, fucking announce it. So I'm excited about it. Don't wait until, you know, a, a week before where I go, oh, so your plan was to dangle this shiny object in front of me. My argument was, fuck it. If Wyatt's not healthy and he's saying I'll fight anybody, add him to Lesnar and Omos. Yeah, do that. Do it through it. We're... Put him in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal that you should have Why on the court. Why are you court. stuck on this Andre? It's not <laughs> even that good of a Battle Royal. It sucks every year. The winner sucks. They never do anything with it. Why are you stuck on this? Whose fault is that? I'd rather them just cut ties. It's the WWE's fault for not doing anything about it, and they should easily do something about it. Like, right now, this year, you need to give that win to Solo Sokoa. They probably will, but I don't, I don't need to. <laughs> you know, like, it's I, so I don't easy. Need to see it. Yeah, it just bugs me because, I mean, everybody knows who I am. I'm the guy that looks at all the outlines and goes, this is how you should do it. And this makes sense. And this is how you can fit all the puzzle pieces together. And that's exactly what you get with the Blueprint Project, which you should check out over on fanboysanonymous.com, where you can see where I do go, look how easy it is to be able to do all the storylines. And if you take a little bit of time and you get a spreadsheet out, you can sort out all the characters and all the different interpretations from all the different media franchises out there. 
like the Batman, a nighttime story, 100 records from the Wayne Fantasino archives, which you can find the blueprint project explanation video and chapter one of the Batman blueprint over there on fanboys and chapter two is currently in the mix. I am editing that. I did a little bit of that uh, editing earlier today. I'm going to be working more on that after we get done this podcast and that's going to be coming up sometime relatively soon, maybe next week. I'm kind of hoping would be the case. Kind of depends on if I can get the royalty free music and stuff. If you are a musician, by the way, and you want to contribute to that and you know, help me out on that side of things, or you're a graphic artist or something, you know, if you want to be a part of it, let me know, drop your thoughts in the comments below or reach out to me in all the different ways that you can and show your support to fanboys anonymous in every possible different means that you see with like the social media accounts and the Patreon and all just go to fanboysanonymous.com and like and share and favorite and subscribe and do all the social stuff and blah 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 check out that youtube page as well subscribe to that in particular so <laughs> let's move to some non-wwe related things we'll bounce back and forth a little bit here let's talk about sonata this is something that i didn't know about but callum brought it up for a potential hot tag on here fill us in on what's going on with sonata so the New Japan Cup is going on at the moment, and in one of the uh, quarterfinal matches, Sonoda was facing Tetsuya Naito, who for the longest time, for years and years at this point, probably got six, seven years maybe even, uh, been part of the uh, Los uh, Ingobernables de Japón faction together. Uh, Sonoda's one of the first people to ever join the group. He's actually the longest-serving member outside of Naito. And so they had this match... In the quarterfinal, Sonada got the victory over Naito and then announced after the match that he's leaving LIJ and he's joining up with a newly formed faction, which was previously called Just Four Guys, with uh, Taichi, Takamichinoku, Yoshinobu, Kanemaru and Duki. And so, yeah, now they are now Just Five Guys, with Sonada kind of at the centrepiece of that. So, yeah, that was the big story is, uh, well, the big story at the moment to come out of the New Japan Cup is the, yeah, the guy who has pretty much been at the foundation of one of the fa- one of the company's core factions for a long time is moving on to a completely different faction. I think this is marking a trend that we are seeing in New Japan this year of people like factions being moved around and some of the old giving away for the new we've already seen. Uh, like uh, Suzuki Goon uh, be uh, essentially just announcing that they're going to be all splitting ways and going different directions and that led to Zack Sabre Jr. forming well becoming part of the Mighty Don't Kneel and like forming the faction around him instead so there seems to be a lot of shifting of dynamics in New Japan I think it's very much very much uh, needed because they've had the same factions and the same groups for God, years and years and years at this point. It's been a really long time with the likes of Chaos and Bullet Club just still being there and still just being pr- practically the same members. So they need to mix things up a little bit. And this is another indication that they're heading in that direction. Yeah, I'm all for the uh, the splitting of the established faction. Like the pillars of the factions have kind of all gone away i'd be all good with bullet club kind of going away i think it had a great run but 
watered down with every new take on it. Uh, Sonata is a guy who I still think could be a world champion one day. They gave it to Evil. They can give it to Sonata. That's, no, that's that's not that's not the greatest uh, reasoning for it. It's the same sort of reasoning of yeah, we could let's put Bray Wyatt in a thirty minute match. Uh, I, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, look, if the Miz has been champion, there's no reason you shouldn't try uh, the, the better equivalent yeah. of that. Yeah, you know? but, ju- but it's just along the lines of like, I'm I've never seen. Sonada, it's never clicked for me with Sonada I don't know if this move will be the transition for that but I kind of feel like if your world champion comes from a faction called Just Five Guys I think that's a pretty weird way of going about things I think he's going to be the head of a mid-card faction and that's like, you know, that's totally fine that's kind of at his level the rest of the New Japan Cup I mean the New Japan Cup's still going on the finals on uh, March 21st uh, at the moment Sonada is in the semi-finals and he'll be taking on uh, Aussie Open's Mark Davis who was allowed back, well, entered, re entered the tournament after he was eliminated in round two by Will Ospreay after Ospreay suffered a shoulder injury. So Mark Davis replaced him into it, beat Evil in the quarterfinals, and so he's in the semifinals. Uh, the other quarterfinals will be going on uh, tomorrow or March 18th, depending on when you're listening to this. And it's uh, Hiroki Goto versus Tamatonga and David Finley versus Shota Umino. So again, it's kind of like a there's a kind of a push towards the youth and some new faces going into this uh, final, which I'm all for, again, just seeing a bit of freshing up. Because, yeah, Okada's a champion, and Okada merits being the champion, but it's nice to see some potentially new faces going into it. Like, they're they're pushing Shota hard, they're pushing Finley hard as, like, the new member of Bullet Club. So it'd be interesting to see which one of those two they end up going with. Oh, I'm... I've, I mean, out of Sonada and Mark Davis, you're likely going to think that Sonada's going to be in the final. So there's every possibility. But I've seen Sonada versus Okada a lot of times. I'd rather see uh, a, a Tamatonga or Shota or David Finley get the match instead because at least it's something a little bit different. You think that David Finley, who I know has joined Bullet Club, should try to rebrand? That like, do you think it's just time to move away from Lij Bullet Club? You know, I think it's just time. Like, I think pretty much all the factions in New Japan, all the all the um, I guess the heritage factions in New Japan probably need to be disintegrated and reformed. I agree. It's one of the things that's um, interesting about like Stardom and the way they approach things is they have the same factions, but they usually do some sort of like drafting thing every year where pretty much they switch members throughout the, at the start of the year and so that way you can kind of keep things a little bit more fresh but yeah right now um new japan's holding on to too many legacy factions and they need to uh they need to switch things up a little bit more and again this is maybe just one indication that they are in the process of doing it but they're just taking their time over it because japan new japan doesn't rush into anything really unless they're forced into it it's my issue with this five guys is overrated I disagree with that completely. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would. would it's so that. overrated. It, and you spend so much money and you get a burger that's not as good. At, I mean, okay. the sirens are okay, coming after me now but, that I said but, this. Yeah. <laughs> you live in New York. Get get the fuck over it. Not everybody gets access to quality burgers like that. Like, I that would rather eat. I would much rather eat Red Robin for that price. I would much rather eat Wendy's for a cheaper price than to eat Five Guys. I've been wrong. I've been thoroughly disappointed with all the five guys experiences that I've ever had. 
we are not sponsored by five guys if you want to prove me wrong five guys and you want to sponsor me and you want to send some burgers my way especially because new york is so goddamn expensive that you get a burger anywhere here it's like you spend 60 dollars <laughs> then uh you know prove me wrong but yeah just five guys that's a it's a hell of a name for a staple <laughs> i gotta imagine if they add another one they're just gonna continue to do it just six guys just seven guys they end up losing somebody they're down a couple you know ends up being just two guys eventually for a tag team no that i mean that'll be the fun thing that like, eventually when they do decide to kick someone out of the group they'll have like a promo at the end of it and they'll just say we are just four guys and then they'll stare at one of them and then they'll beat the shit out, yeah. out of the group i mean that, to be fair that's actually like a clever way of doing things and then eventually you get down to just being one and you're the last man standing i'm just one guy <laughs> well i don't follow new japan or whatever so i don't know the ins and outs of what this is going to lead to but if it leads to some cool stuff then cool if it doesn't i i won't know but uh, we'll tell you some more about that down the line. Another non-WWE or AEW-related thing to talk about, which we don't normally do, but this is something that's pretty interesting. Kylan King has joined Impact Wrestling after, I would assume, sitting around for so long with AEW not signing her that she was like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to go with a company that actually wants to fully sign me because she had been one of the most... uh, featured people for like two three years it seemed like she was wrestling constantly for AEW, especially on dark and everything now she goes to impact and you know what she's probably going to be a much bigger deal it's probably going to be better for her career i 100 percent understand why she made that move um i i like the dichotomy of her defeating because she's a part of the coven with Taylor Wilde and they defeated the Death Dolls, Jessica and Ty Valkyrie. And I like the idea of seeing her pin Aya because I approach Impact mentally with two ways. One, it's great for someone like Kylan who was floating around AEW and NWA. And this gives her a home in a very established promotion, which can give her a boost in her career. Whereas with Taya, I felt like, oh, you're so much better than this. Go do something better. And now they both are. And I like it because, as we'll talk about in a minute, I'm sure Taya's on AEW. Kylan finally has a home promotion. Thumbs up. Kylan King is cool. Um, The Knockouts tag title switch hands far too often, proving what every wrestling promotion has decided to prove in the last four years, which is women's tag team titles do not work when you don't have credible women's tag teams. But they continue to be a thing. When when the Death Doll was champions for like six months. Yeah, because they had no one else. <laughs> they had no one else. They were feuding with Giselle Shaw and partner for several months. Well, yeah, but they were still feuding with them. I think... I think I, I don't see this as like a mark, a negative mark against the uh, tag team champions, women's tag team championships in general, as long as you're willing to, you know, promote them effectively. But I think that um, when it comes to Kyle and King, yeah, this this makes a good uh, this is a good move to her, so she can work on establishing a character and more of a presence on this on a 
slightly smaller field than AEW, or significantly smaller field than AEW or WWE. In Impact Wrestling, gives her time to just be who she wants to be and establish a niche for herself. Especially working with Taylor Wilde, who is a veteran of the business, that would be helpful for her as well. And I think that, yeah, this is a much better path for her to take than be, you know, signed with AEW or part of their, like, you know, their first tier in terms of not actually all elite, but, you know, being part of that uh, group that wrestles consistently on Dark, maybe gets a few wins here or there, gets to appear on uh, Dynamite or Rampage every now and again. Because fundamentally, she would just be in a job position for a while to come because they are focusing on signing people, signing actually established names for the women's division at this point in time. So she would have to be, it would take her a while for her to be built up. And I think giving her an opportunity to actually make a name for herself on the independence and in impact now specifically is a way for her to potentially jump the line when if she does do well and she gets spotted by either a WWE or an AEW. So, yeah, this is a, an absolutely correct move for her career. In okay. NWA and Impact, has she developed more of a character? Because I know that she had a nickname before. I'm forgetting exactly what it was, but it was something like like the, the Chaos Queen or something, and where I was just like, why are you calling yourself that if you're just coming out and, like, waving to the crowd and wrestling don't don't question things (laughs) like Um, does she does she do any kind of like is she crazy or anything or you know well that's part of the coven now she yeah yeah yeah, it's part of the coven now she is like obviously the the coven is a is a a witchcraft centric okay yes a witchcraft centric faction so obviously taylor's at the heart of that with her tarot cards and all that aspect of it but kylan is kind of obviously part of that group now and and the group's only recently formed so we haven't had as much chance to see what depth they'll go into the gimmick but she is a far more physical and tall presence than taylor so she's kind of the enforcer she still has the witchy vibe about her but she is the powerhouse of the group at least if they're going with like a witchy thing that's good because whatever it was queen of crazy i found it now where i remember them being like oh the queen of crazy is wrestling on AEW dark and me being like she's like smiling and shaking hands with her opponents and not doing anything but walking out to the ring. Like what, why are you calling yourself? That's like, you know, like the, the lunatic fringe Dean Ambrose, if he had the same mannerisms as Lance storm, you know, <laughs> it's like, a, is it a joke? Is that why it's supposed to be whatever? So I'm, I'm glad to see that at the very least, if she's going to continue to keep using that, that they did something to, to make it worthwhile for that. But then again, I haven't been watching NWA and also maybe I'm missing out some great stuff. I did think that she deserved to actually be signed by AEW. So I'm glad that she's at a uh, spot right now where she's going to get some focus. Yeah, I think this is a great move. And I think Impact is a great destination for those who want to be featured. And it's the holding pattern place for sure. Yeah, I mean, like there's some talents in that company, like Jordan Grace. But I'm like, Nah, you should take a chance on yourself. But there's certain people like Kylan King where I'm like, yes, this is a step up for you. It could yeah. also be to the people that we all think should go elsewhere and do something better. You have to be approached by those other companies too. Like That's true. Kylan King probably would have been like, hey, if AEW wants to sign me, I'll sign up in a minute. 
And if WWE ever calls, I'm I'm right fucking there. But if they didn't reach out, then you know, I mean, you can only do what you can do. So I mean, I mean, I could only go again. It's it's her perspective, so she can she can paint it any way that you want. But from any interviews that I've seen with her, she doesn't seem to be super endeared by the idea of immediately signing with AEW. And I mean, then she was it's not a case like she. She knew. She knew. She, I think she's smart enough to know that if she signed with AEW, she'd be used in a job capacity. Yeah, and she wants to, you know, actually make progress. something of herself. <laughs> yeah, smart. So, she, yeah, yeah. I think she she knows that she knows that it's a step by step process, and being in a company that will allow you to, like, you know, pick up a lot of wins and build up your character a little bit more, and maybe position you as a as a top person eventually within the company within like a year or so is much better for your future prospects than spending several years grinding your way up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially because it's like, you would assume that the contract with impact is probably a year, maybe two. I don't think that they would have locked her in for like some seven year contract, like the bit of you, would try to do, or AEW would probably try to get her for at least like a three, maybe, maybe five, depending on what it would be. So do you want to waste two, three years where you're just wrestling on dark still and you're just being somebody else who can lose to Jade Cargill in a squash or whatever, or do you want to wait, take a little bit of a chance for yourself, be the top person like Kylan King probably will end up winning that title, like the main singles title. And then that could be the type of thing that makes WWE go, huh? Oh, maybe we'll send her to NXT or, you know, vice versa or whatever. I don't know. I mean, I doubt it unless Mickey eventually wants to let go of it. Oh, she's got to lose at some point. She's not going to be champion for the next 14 years. Has yeah. she, though? Eh. <laughs> Has she Because her whole gimmick now is, like, she loses and she gets retired. So, like, maybe she just doesn't want to retire ever again and just, like, yeah, I've got to just keep hold of this belt now. And There's no ways. going to tell her no. <laughs> Somebody else gets pinned in a triple threat and she goes, well, I didn't lose. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, at this point, just for the sake of it, because we never talk about this stuff, do you guys have anybody in mind you think is going to beat Mickey James? Jordan. I don't think it'll be Jordan because uh, Jordan's fighting her next at sacrifice. Yeah, I think that's when it will happen. Yeah, really, you think she's just going to lose it now? Yeah, because I think I think giving Mickey the win was like a feel good moment for her, and then she, I, th- I assume that Jordan's going to turn heel in the match and. Not as much cheat to win, but like you know, absolutely destroy her. It is true that like she doesn't have to retire now. She won the belt, so the last rodeo aspect of it is done. Yeah, there's no one else. Yeah, there's no one else that's really standing out because it's not going to be Diana because she's probably out in the next year after a year or so when her contract finally expires. Um, like it's not going to be Taylor or Kylan just yet because they are. The tag team champions and they'll probably focus on that for a while it's not going to be Giselle because she lost to Mickey recently um, I don't think it's uh, don't think it's going to be Rosemary or Jessica because I think they'll just focus on the tag teams right now not going to be Killer Kelly so yeah there's really other I don't really see any other standout option to win the the women's title other than just putting it back on Jordan Grace, which I think is probably just the thing to do because Jordan's just someone that can you can build the entire division around and 
basically just have her go against anybody. The only other option is that you bring in somebody. You've got someone lined up to come into the company soon that you can immediately push towards the title, but I don't know who that would be right now. Well, we're talking about people uh, signing for the women's division for different companies. Let's talk about, I mean, two of these are women's division related. One's not (laughs) on the AEW side of things. We could factor this into the TV talk, but might as well just mention it now. WWE has lost Sarah stock before for their performance center. And she is now going to be a new addition to AEW's producing uh capacities they don't have like a performance center or whatever but she's going to be helping out the women's division that's cool yep smart decision yep makes perfect sense i don't think we really have too much to talk about there other than yay thumbs up (laughs) an experienced performer and has done training with wwe it's it seems like a natural decision she's no longer part of wwe to move over to AEW. it's yeah it's a smart decision yeah is amato still in wwe i don't think so right as far as I'm aware, she is. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure I would have. Yeah, I'm sure I would have heard about it if she'd uh, been released. I still remember. I mean, it's they never announce any of their releases anymore, anyway. So for all we know, Dave from well, accounting I mean, I or something. Heard is. About it. I mean, given <laughs> given the fact that Sean usually hears about it, I'm sure we would have heard something. Yeah. Given the fact yeah, that he ends up being the one that has to announce these things to some of the people, it's ridiculous. Yeah, she's still the assistant head coach. Okay. Next day, so. Um, the assistant head coach. So who's the head coach? Uh, I guess that would just be Albert. Yeah, that's Albert. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. Norman Smiley's role? Just Norman Smiley. Another yeah. assistant? Or is he, he, does, he just he does the wiggle. Coach? He's the wiggle. He's the wiggle specialist. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought. I would have thought by now he might have gotten some kind of you know senior assistant or something. One of those kind of bullshit terms. He teaches he's the rest of how to scream. Uh, Stu Grayson is back in AEW now after That's being awesome. in a sort of holding pattern with that. He had been announced that he was like sort of maybe kind of back, and then now it's official. He is all elite again. That's awesome. Give them the fucking tag titles. I, I, I mean, I, I know we'll talk about the TV thing later. I thought that ta- that's trio's match they had with uh, Blackpool Combat Club on this week's show was awesome, and he looked great. And him and Uno together looks they're so much better together than they are apart. Give them the tag titles. This, I'm going to go right back to there were so many early signings that felt like a make a make it moment for these people, like the best friends and the Super Smash Brothers later became the Dark Order. Uh, give them the belts because realistically, that's what this company was initially about and i don't get like cody and talk about the spirit of all in but like that was part of the idea i see no harm in them being champions do it i could see even more of a split now with dark order because you got silver and you got reynolds and for a while evil uno was just sort of like okay well we don't have this one and that one and that one anymore in the this you know coca band is not popping up in dark order and we don't have obviously uh Brody lee is not a part of it and we don't have um press advance is not a part of it now you've got a tag team partner for uno back so you could have whether it's an amicable split where they have a feud or something silver and reynolds not a part of dark order anymore and then if they want to call themselves dark order or they want to call themselves Uno and Stuno, I don't know. <laughs> <Then they> can... 
<laughs> Fuck it. Now you got to do it. Now it's Uno and Stuno. Um, I think that that could be the case. I don't think that we're uh, not going to see them tag team anymore. That's cool, though. I mean, they've been a tag team for years. So I like it. I like it even more than that. It's Uno and Stuno in my brain. <laughs> I like I, the fact that, well, now that you have the original four Dark Order members, Hangman can go be the fourth member of the Elite again. And like we can kind of get back to the beginning. <laughs> like, and I then just, you introduce the Quattro Championships. Yeah, you know, you're <laughs> on to something because everybody go, needs a title. <laughs> we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. So we're going to re sign Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> We're going to bring oh, back the no, Nightmare no, Collective. No, <laughs> the Nightmare Collective is back. The uh, We're going to do that Aja Kong versus Awesome Kong match that never yeah. happened. You're never going to hear me say no to that one. Blair Davenport has gone from awesome. NXT. And, you know. <laughs> hey, if it brings Cody back, I'll be fine. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, I, but I, but I, I like the fact that they seem to have done, after kind of neglecting them for a long time, and obviously members departing, they actually seem to at least in the last few weeks, have been doing a renewed focus towards the Dark Order and uh, rebuilding their credibility a bit. I know they've been losing a lot against the Black Combat Club, but the fact they've been having competitive matches against all of them and been featured more on TV is a, is a good sign for me that they are they're still get, they still have a place to be. I think I don't think they're going to win the tag. I don't think they're going to win the AEW tag titles because that seems to be a lock for FTR will eventually beat the guns for that, and then we'll just go from there. But they are do. There's the there's a reach for the sky ladder match happening in Ring of Honor, and I could, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against uh, Uno and Stuno. Yeah, Uno and Stuno. <laughs> Picking out then. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, why not? Evil and Evil and Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Evil and Steve. That's when they're uh, when they're being the heels when their yeah. uh, baby faces are Uno and Stuno. <laughs> uh, this is the quality content that you get on Smart Moment. Uh, we'll talk about Ty Vakery again when we get into the, the TV talk, but one other outsider thing before we talk TV. Former WWE writer Dave Schilling was live tweeting while he was watching back on WrestleMania 35, and he had some pretty interesting insights from Nia Jax's discussion about really running him over with a golf cart. Um, he brought up the idea that Vince McMahon, when he was told people aren't liking this Baron Corbin and Kurt Angle thing. His response was to laugh and say, fuck them, which is very indicative of what we've imagined is the case of sometimes Vince just says, I want to do what I want to do. And if you disagree, you're wrong or I don't give a shit. And look at how far that took everybody. Now I was not hundred percent opposed to it. But I don't think it was the right call. I still think that John Cena probably should have been Kurt Angle's last match. But it's not like they followed it up with anything all that great, did they? <laughs> we got some news about the way that certain matches took place at WrestleMania. That apparently the original game plan was that Asuka was not going to drop the SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte. And of course, we know that that wasn't originally the game plan because... Very clearly, it was supposed to be Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Becky Lynch was not supposed to be a part of the mix. Then Becky got super popular, and then the injury happened, and then Survivor Series changed and all that stuff. But it was supposed to be Charlotte versus Ronda. And then on the SmackDown side of things, Asuka against Mandy Rose and Sonya. And Mandy would have won the title then. That's interesting. 
that's way before Mandy Rose getting this NXT run. And then they never followed it up with anything. So if they were willing to put the championship on Mandy and then a couple tweaks happen and they decide not to go with it, it's really odd that we didn't get like, she didn't win a tag title. She didn't win the championship on one of those off times where it's like, you could have just given the belt to one of somebody else on Monday night raw or whatever. Like you, you didn't give her money in the bank instead of Oscar or, you know what I mean? Like they could have gone with Mandy in a couple different other ways and they decided not to. It doesn't surprise me in the sense that plans change all the time. Yeah. That literally happens all the time. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you still come back around to it a lot of the time. No, so. you don't. Fandango is supposed to be an Intercontinental champion. <laughs> yeah, not every time <laughs> they came back but, around to it with the NXT thing for Mandy. Well, yeah, eventually, like years and years down the line, when yeah. she had a completely different gimmick, well, a, a, a different group surrounding her, and in a much smaller pond than Raw or SmackDown, right? But, um, but yeah, I, it makes sense in the sense that you know you have what happens at WrestleMania where you switch it around to Becky winning both titles, and then that transitions into Becky being Raw Women's Champion for over a year, and then Bailey's SmackDown Women's Champion soon after for over a year. So, yeah, there's no room for anyone else winning the title because those two are winning. Uh, those two are champions for the vast majority of the next year, year and a half or so. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to. Well, I would have been opposed to Mandy winning against Oscar and against like the Sonya Deville thing because, frankly, she she's she wasn't that good back then. She wasn't that good when she actually won the NXT Women's Title either. So, and I would have been annoyed because Oscar had already been you know, buried enough on WWE TV at that point. Yeah, she was women's champion, but, you know, she's always the person they go to when they can't do anything with the horsewoman. She's not ever ever really featured on her own, as this feud with Bianca Belair demonstrates. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, yeah, maybe they could have gone with the tag titles with uh, Sonya and Mandy, but the time next year's WrestleMania was, came around, they were feuding, so. so. My question to you is, First of all, like this, this wasn't news because I believe it was even a thing on Total Divas that, hey, we're canceling your match because Charlotte needs the title. For the if that was a thing on Total Divas, it's news to me. I wouldn't have been watching it. Um, but, but like my question to you is, is this better than what we got, which is Becky winning all the belts? Oh, of course not. And then I don't think it like it. Realistically, sometimes it's okay for plans to change. Yeah. I mean, there there are way too many examples of we thought about potentially doing this idea. And I mean, Undertaker could have been Eggman. (laughs) You know, like there's some crazy ideas that they've had in mind that they thankfully weren't able to do. Yeah. The the Corbin Angle thing. I mean, that's just a case of Vince just doing what Vince wants to do, which is primarily his his modus operandi for his entire career as a booker. It's like, yeah, I, I want to do this. I don't really care what the fans think about it. And, uh, yeah. So and... I wonder if that became like a catchphrase for him, though. What, because him? when he, yeah. it was said that when he appeared last year on TV, the first thing he said walking through that curtain on the way back was, fuck him. So I wonder if that just became like a thing. Like, hey, Vince, are you a little worried about, fuck him. Nope. Fuck him. Uh, Corbin and Angle shouldn't have happened. 
Angle has said enough times at this point, Vince would have given him anybody he wanted at WrestleMania 36, but he was determined to do the Corbin match at 35, and we got what we got. It did nobody any good. Corbin does nothing but kind of grovel on TV these days, and I don't think that was the right call, but the boss, you know, what are you going to do? He literally, if he's saying fuck him, that's all you really need to know. A lot of the other things that Dave Schilling had tweeted out are not necessarily like talking points, like him saying, you know, the show was going long and Leo Rush had already lost a lot of steam for the Bobby Lashley and whoever he fought because it's a forgettable Valor. thing. Uh, yeah, Valor. Valor yeah, the, yeah, it was, the, yeah, it was a, a like two minute squash because he was the demon yeah that's all that crap i mean that's again yeah you do forgettable things they end up being forgettable parts of mania for the biggest show of the year but were there any other standing uh standout kind of things that he had mentioned that you guys thought were worth talking about i saw that he mentioned edge was supposed to get physical on that year's road to WrestleMania, which would have been it's not a big deal now would have been a huge deal at the time because it would have been the first time he got physical Orton was supposed to attack him. So what ends up happening is Edge goes to SummerSlam that year, Spears Elias, and then we know the rest of the story. But that would have been a huge deal at the time. And I'm glad that ultimately, as we talk about forgettable things, it wasn't used to build a forgettable AJ Styles-Randy Orton match, which I can't believe was even forgettable because that was like a huge dream match at the time. That happened at WrestleMania 35? Yeah. I Because w- you just said, like, Orton was supposed to attack Edge and the thing. I said, what the fuck did Randy Orton do at WrestleMania 35? AJ fucking <laughs> thought, biggest dream match you could have had, like, 10 years before that. Totally forgettable WrestleMania match. God. Oh, I can't remember any of this stuff that happened in, like, like recent WrestleManias and stuff. like. Yeah, because they don't I care. Could- I can remember, like, from start to finish, everything that happened from, like, WrestleMania 17 through to, like, 25 or whatever. It (laughs) It really is. In the last, like, five years or so, it's just all a complete blur of just white noise. Even if you don't remember the specifics, you could probably name a lot of the matches from the previous ones, too. Like, you you could tell me probably the majority of the card from WrestleMania 14, right? I mean, I mean, uh, that was kind of before my time, but even still, definitely good, but... Oh yeah, I can I can name like yeah I know the the main events Austin and Michaels and I know there's fucking Kane and the Undertaker and like you know uh, what the pivotal players are doing yeah. it, it, instead of like Callum legitimately going what Randy Orton AJ right. Styles WrestleMania yeah. <laughs> that's wild like that yeah, yeah I mean beyond yeah WrestleMania 35 for me is like that's Brian and Kofi. Seth and Brock and the triple threat women's match, and then that's kind of it, really, for me. So I, mm-hmm. I, I can't really remember anything else to happen. I did. What, is that the one where Roman fight Drew on that show? Yep. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's so where like, the uh, the iconics won the tag titles, and we get the oh, fuck. the the, the hallway thing, crying on the floor, <laughs> the hallway thing that everybody was told did not happen, and then over the past couple of years, it's been remember when that happened. <laughs> And now that now uh, Bailey literally referenced it in the build to this match where she tweeted the picture you know, of you, it, right? You talked to us the whole night 
in the hallway of our hotel room because we were so upset. And Again, another that. one of those. Um, don't believe every time you hear. Don't believe everything you read online. Believe some of it because some of it ends up being true. But he did. I want. I want to go back to what Callum said there because it's so sad. Like something. Some of these things you just shouldn't forget. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't be forgettable that those two guys fought, especially when as good as Kofi Mania was. We need to be realistic as to why WrestleMania builds are the way they are today. That was booked on the fly. And was it five days before that they officially announced what your WWE championship match was going to be at WrestleMania? Because the entire show was built around, never mind that, the women are headlining. That's all anybody cared about? That's why I keep saying you set a precedent of being okay with it. WWE is going to keep pushing that. Uh, that barrier and you that's why i argue against it not that i'm championing the cause unless it's uh next uk on peacock and try to fix america but like the more fans that go yeah it's okay it doesn't matter if the build sucks the match will be good then the more wwe goes oh well then we don't have to do a build because everybody was fine with bianca versus sasha being a shit build because the match was good now it goes down in history and everybody fucking loves it so Asuka's going to have a good match with Bianca. We can just have them stare at each other for six weeks. It's Argue. D- boo things. Uh, you know, don't boo necessarily like, oh, fuck you, Bianca, because it's not her fault. But like, or the same for Asuka. But be like, you know, hey, this feud sucks. Do something. The other thing I would say from Dave Schilling's tweets, though, that I thought was interesting was he did have a screenshot of the band phrases. And every time we get some more information about this, the list is a little bit different because obviously (laughs) when you're dealing with a spontaneous, I think you shouldn't say this word anymore. And then this is perfectly okay because I'm wishy-washy about that sort of mentality. This has on there for the words, phrases not to use ass. Okay. You know, you don't want to curse, whatever. Assail slash assailant. Like, I don't know why that's that bothers Vince, but okay. Back and forth. What's the problem for that? I overuse that phrase. They probably think it probably thinks it's cliched. Yeah. It then again, the, like the cliche thing to me is always like, you know, we all have our little mannerisms and stuff i say boils down a lot rob of course is here's the thing (laughs) there's so on and so forth like that but back and forth is just like is there anybody that's going to complain about that to be uh it's overused and whatever when you've got your phrases that you have that are too much like that i mean how often is it that we had heard vintage whatever from michael cole or that we hear the same tone when they're going to cut to a commercial i could be in the other room and it's like Oh, their their intonation is going up. They're going to go to a commercial break. Yeah. My God, Seth Rollins dropped them on the floor. Okay, they're going to commercial. I'm going to go run to the. <laughs> yeah, or just the the way that they approach certain things, like you know, oh, this has been such an epic rivalry. It, the amount the word epic doesn't mean anything anymore because you've tossed it out for every little thing. So, to the, for them to be like, you can't say back and forth. It's too cliche. Well, goddamn, look at the script that you write every week. It's the same shit um belt of course is in there this is during the becky two belts thing blood choke yeah 
uh, crazy. I don't understand why crazy has become a word that you can't use anymore where people are so offended by it. It's like, you know what? If you're offended by the word crazy, it might be crazy. So knock it off. Uh, fake. I understand. But within context, I don't understand why that would be a problem. Oh, he faked him out. You could use the word fake. Just don't say wrestling's fake. And some of that stuff should be self-explanatory. Yeah, unlike the well, Vince said on national TV that wrestling is fake. So yeah, he so that's another problem too. Yeah, I mean, we got on AEW this week. We got four people cutting a promo about, hey, uh, let's talk about some stuff behind the scenes, and all. we'll talk about that feud. Uh, maybe, but at the same time, all you did was have everybody. Yeah. I was just going to say, all you had to do was say the word rivalry a thousand times then. So you could say the word feud feud is not bad. Just don't say storyline. Why is that not on the words and phrases not to use list? (laughs) You know, I guess that's kind of self-explanatory. It shouldn't be more so than feud, you know? I think hate is something that's like people would say. Yeah, feud. You should be able to say though. I would think like these two have been feuding for a long time. Well, that's why it's on the list and why storyline isn't because no one, no one in their right mind would say, "Oh, I'm, I'm angry with you because of this storyline." And and, but feud is something that people would naturally say, and that he doesn't want them to say it. Like why? Like that's that's my thing. Is why doesn't what. Well, why does a 77-year-old man do what he does? Yeah, I mean, that's where a lot of this comes into. But to not say, here we go. Is it really that much of a bother if they were to start the match and go like, you know, this is going to be a great match, everybody. Ding, ding, ding. All right, here we go. Is he said they're going, God damn it. You you fucking said, here we go. Like, come on, man. Relax. Where are we? Yeah. Number one contender is on this list. They said number one contender all the time. So why is that on there? He doesn't like it. But yeah, they don't. They don't call them number one contenders anymore. They call them. Oh, what do you, what do they call it? They call them. Uh, oh, there's a phrase they use for them. They oh, started to say contenders matches. Yeah, contenders matches. Yeah, but they don't really. They don't refer to them as number one contenders anymore. They just call them they are top contenders or something on those lines. No, in fairness, that might be because hey, we don't want to commit to actually having this guy face the champion so fuck well, off should, because they should have an idea about who they're facing right, yeah. the next person is facing a champion is i understand why they have for instance don't use the word dq say disqualification okay you want your fans to be confused with dairy queen yeah like i i can understand having a little bit of a preference for that i could understand don't refer to the women's division as girls because that could come off a little bit derogative and I can understand finish even being on here, you know, the finish of that match be like, well, what do you mean the finish of that match? You know, it's kind of one of those like insider term things. But then if you're going to put that down on there, I would put the terms that actually do matter. Like you shouldn't obviously have baby face or heel. You shouldn't have storyline. And then I would just get rid of the things like it's fine to say the word stupid. It's fine to say the word idiot. It's fine to say national television. You're on national oh. television. No, they're not. They're on global television. Same fucking thing. You know? It's but it's literally not though. It's it, nobody's gonna care. If somebody if Pat McAfee would be like, oh, national television, they you know, this Well, this is where I go. Them. We're on a podcast right now with a guy in another country. 
I'm sure they don't love the overemphasis on America and Americana. Yeah, know? but but I mean, if you Callum, if you heard somebody say on you know, on national television, I'm gonna whatever, are you gonna be like, you motherfucker, you're treating this as America only, or are you gonna just be like, yes, whatever? I don't think he heard that as a question, Tim. <laughs> Oh no! Sorry. Yeah. What was the question again? Sorry. If you heard the What's words that? national television put out there, would you take that as like a shot that it's like America only, or would you just not even register that they said it? Oh, absolutely. Which one? I'd be offended. <laughs> it's this or that. Yes. <laughs> I'd be so offended. I turn off my TV right now. Say like, oh, you're only appealing to your American audience now. Fuck you. And people, I turned the TV off on Raw years ago, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's probably because they said national television one one time, right? Exactly. Yeah, that was the <laughs> that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. If they would have said global television, it would have been a different story. Then Callum, when we would get to the NXT talk of this, he would say, "I do care about these things." About the what do you do if they said? If they said global television, I'd assume they're talking about the global uh, championship from TNA, and then it would have turned off even faster. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get some global gold, or what was it called? Was it global gold? Global force gold. Global force yeah, gold. Global force gold. Yeah, that's what I just start later as well. <laughs> yeah, we will. I just told someone the other day, uh, he's a he's a trendsetter. You never heard about NFTs before you heard about Global Force Gold, okay? Was, Jeff Jarrett is a trendsetter. That's NF double T. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of made that joke too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's a better joke, that or Uno and Stuno? <laughs> so, drop your thoughts well, in the Uno comments. Uno and Stuno is going to live longer in the memory of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> might have to already put this in the um what's it called the uh the jokes. Uh, to, yeah, yeah the glossary of jokes because <laughs> this might end up being a thing um let's talk about some tv stuff around that down for the end of this whole thing we are going a little long at this point but let's do some quick recaps of monday night raw and such uh let's go back to smackdown i know callum you wanted to talk about one particular segment from smackdown last I week mean, i mean yeah i mean i already already like alluded to it in the early in like, when we talked about charlotte earlier but yeah that shot c charlotte match from that's got that's worst match of the year so far right that's it's the only thing good. i have written down for worst match yeah like that is like that hopefully well i say it's like it's like it's worse than that and I'm looking at whatever bray white does do at wrestlemania <laughs> is kind of the <laughs> as the potential for that that's the benchmark I, I, I mean, to be fair, actually, the worst match is it's that. It's Alexa and Bianca from Royal Rumble when it's Bray Wyatt versus LA Knight from Royal Rumble as well are kind of the the three that stand out to me right now. But, God, that it's like they were wrestling from treacle at some points where it's just, like, like stuck in the mud in places where you could almost see in their faces they were thinking about. You, you could see them calculate, what's the next move? What do I do now? Also, what was the point in it? Charlotte's like... Hey, it's WrestleMania season, and I've got this feud with Rhea. So give me a random match that has no implications whatsoever with anything, as opposed to being like, I mean, obviously Rhea doesn't have a tag team partner that she can fight or anything. That's would have been the crush that they would have fallen back on the way that they do with everything else. But maybe do something to build the Rhea thing. <laughs> Instead, you just have another match with Shotzi, and it's a lame match that goes nowhere and if you missed the segment you didn't miss anything there was no reason to see charlotte beat shotzi and she doesn't it's not like she needed to get a win because she needs to look strong shotzi hasn't won fucking anything in years 
mean, I mean, you're also wrong about that. If you hadn't watched that match, you're a better person for it because I watched that match or I watched the clips of that match, and I feel worse for it. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel like I've, uh, I, I, it feels like I don't know what wrestling is anymore after watching that match because, like, don't get me wrong, I've, I, if, if that match happened on NXT. I'd be burying the people involved in it. The fact that it's happening with your top champion mm-hmm. on the show, which has the biggest audience of any show you have, like you should be embarrassed with yourself for that. Charlotte should be embarrassed for giving in such a lackluster performance. Whether she at the moment cares about anything right now is up for debate, but still have some pride in your performance. Shotzi should be thinking, like, I need to fucking work something out here because nothing I've done since coming to the main roster has worked at all and my matches are getting buried and like last year at least from my perspective she had the worst match of the year against Ronda Rousey or at least I forget one of the worst what we the um, might have given that, that too yeah. I forget but it's the, yeah but the Survivor's one at least that uh, that's at least in the top five worst matches WWE did last year was Ronda and Shotzi and so and this year she's already got a a strong contender for this year's one like she is she's gone completely backwards to the point where she i I don't know whether i can just call her a wrestler anymore she just doesn't have it at all she's not batting a thousand that's for sure Hmm. batting a thousand the wrong way i feel like charlotte is is in this phase of i'm the veteran and i want to give other wrestlers opportunities like i Watch that match. First of all, it looked like they were moving in slow motion. Like, it was the wrong kind of bad. You know, I think that Charlotte feels like she wants to give back to the industry. This is another one of those, like, I've been talking about recently where people are just too real with what they're doing and and saying, where I feel like Charlotte genuinely believes, I have to give back to the industry now, and... Let's give Shotzi a chance. And it just it didn't work. And I hate Charlotte as a baby face. Charlotte I think Charlotte evil. hates being a baby face, too. She's got no passion right now going on there. Charlotte is much like her dad, much like uh, Triple H, too. Completely meant to be a heel. Needs a top baby face and a top feud. And I know that they've the horsewomen are no longer a thing because Mercedes is gone. And I even feel like. You know, Becky and Bailey are doing a mid-card thing, but Charlotte needs a rival. And right now, Rhea Ripley, maybe to her credit, is feuding with way too many people. And Charlotte is just one of them. Like, she's all over these shows, which is great. But I wish that there was a blood feud for Charlotte for WrestleMania because she is that caliber of an athlete and a performer and... It's just, it's not clicking for me. And that sucks because I genuinely believe we're at the tail end of her run. I think she's going to start looking at Hollywood or outside projects of some sort real soon. And I want the most that we can get out of Charlotte Flair while we have her exclusive to WWE and wrestling. And Shotzi, like, I'm not going to rag on Shotzi because I'm pretty sure... She's probably gets it enough, but it wasn't good. I don't want to rag on her as a person because it feels like it's harsh, and we know the struggles that she went through last year. But it's just a case, like, you can't just like ignore it. 
she sucks in the ring. Yeah, that's no, just I, the, I that's agree. Just the fact. Like, I agree. So, I mean, we got one thing that happened on that episode where Drew McIntyre and Sheamus both ended up going for a pinfall at the same time. We're going to get a follow-up from that this week, which I am still expecting is going to be another non-finish of sorts to settle a you know, triple threat with Gunther at WrestleMania. I, um, when I w- was watching it last week with the um, Fatal Five way, I was uh, watching it with Caroline and she's like, oh, well, who do you think is going to win? And I'm like, oh, it's going to be Drew McIntyre and Sheamus are going to win. They're just going to have like a double pinfall or something. And she's like, well, why do you think it's going to be like two? And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a triple threat. I mean, it'd be weird if it wasn't. And then when that happened, she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's another one of those. Like you watch this long enough and <laughs> you start to see those patterns and all. Um, it doesn't help that they were just suddenly like, and there's two referees for yeah, some reason. Especially when that happens, then you're even more so. I'm expecting tonight to be either a double count out or a double disqualification where like Imperium comes in and you know causes some bullshit or something. Or maybe it's Carrion Cross does something, I don't know, but I I expect a uh, a non finish of some sort. It doesn't really make sense to me in the sense that well, yeah. If there's a if there's a double DQ or a double counter in this match, then you do the match again next week, and you just keep doing it until yeah. you get a winner. Yeah, that's, I would assume though what they're going to do is have Adam Pearce come out and be like, "All right, all right, stop it. You know, we got to put an end to this. Fine, it's going to be just you two, both against the Sheamus and or both against Gunther, and that is official." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then soon you'll complain, okay. and then you know. <laughs> Let's talk about Raw. Any standout moments that happened on there? We got confirmation of the Hell in a Cell match that everybody's going to go nuts over just because Finn Balor's got face paint. Russell's the exact same way that he does. If he doesn't have the face paint. Uh, <laughs> Edge is going to have fucking face paint, isn't he? Maybe Edge will. Uh, it's not going to change anything about Edge the match. Edge is going to be Demon Edge. Well, why you got, Why do you guys do this? You guys put these negative things into because, the world that's and then Edge they does. have it. That's... that's I'll put it specifically. This is what this edge does. This edge on the worst comeback tour of the entire in history. That's what he does. He'll be brood edge, and it'll be brood edge against uh, Demon Balor because it's Hell in a Cell, and they'll have the same match that they had before. But this time, there's a cage blocking people's view that they can sometimes um, very casually throw themselves into because Hell in a Cell matches aren't the way that they used to be, and everybody's gonna go like, ah, man. Hell in a cell. They might have, have yeah, they might have a chairs at some point, and then one of them might go for a table, and Edge will get a ladder out because you know his whole career revolves around ladders. And that chair is going to be factored in in such a great way because somebody's going to get hit in the stomach with it, and then hit in the back. Well, maybe they'll do the concerto on top of the ladders. (laughs) Maybe a kendo stick will pop up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we've hit all that. We've hit all this. Yeah, <laughs> we know yeah, exactly yeah, yeah as you can tell, we don't care. We, we don't care about this. Yeah, and we're going to repeat exactly the same things that we said in a different fashion when we talk about our <laughs> predictions in a couple of weeks. Uh, Omas failed to get Brock Lesnar over the ropes for the first time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking? And then Brock said, is. "All right, I guess I'm, that's it. I'm leaving." <laughs> You know, you know what? That probably got the most views on YouTube of anything that happened on WWE, <laughs> and it's like, did. yeah, yeah. There's just because you know, as we explained to Tony last year, Omas is big, and that does work. It works. You know who else yeah. is big? <laughs> Davikato. We'll talk about, <laughs> we'll talk about him. him. <laughs> yeah, talk about him. 
But it's just a case like this match isn't for us. And that's why it's, it's like my my constant slogan in my head. WWE is not for wrestling fans. <laughs> I understand, again, we've said before, I understand why they think, hey, big guy is someone Brock tosses equals fun. But fuck, man, you're really making it hard for me to try to argue for it when you do things like this where you can't even shove them over the rope. You know, like you're not giving me much, uh, much leeway here and you're taking it away more and more and more. Um, Cody Rhodes promo, Miz and Baron Corbin and all Bronson Reed be the Elias with you know, that's was the thing. Kathy Kelly's talking about the idea of Miz having a co-host. Where do you think this co-host thing is going to lead? Jake Paul. It very could well be. <laughs> that, that, I mean, um, that's the one that's, that stands out to me, but like, it could literally dog. be anybody. Snoop Dogg. Oh, they because still, yeah, that's right. They didn't announce anything with Snoop Dogg yet. They're doing this fucking golden title thing, which would have easily oh, yeah. been the 24 7 title. Because I don't know if you guys are aware of this, because you don't have to follow this stupid shit as much as I do. They, they're not even like stealing it from people, it's just randomly popping up. With another celebrity. And Vanessa Hudgens has it. And this football team has it. And Guillermo has it. Not Del Toro. The one with the Kimmel. And it's like... It would help if they did anything to promote that on WWE TV. They don't know how to because they don't know what the fuck this is. It's like this was so easily going to be the 24-7 bit. Where all these celebrities could have just been like... Yeah, I was WWE champion for five seconds. And it'll just be Snoop Dogg, and he has his golden title, and he punches The Miz, and there's weed jokes. Maybe and no Sasha Banks. Up, <laughs> and no Sasha Banks. I don't know. Maybe Miz says something Miz about hosting. money. <laughs> I'm not excited about Miz hosting. I'm, why would I be excited about Miz having a co-host? I'm still putting it out there. I really hope that there's some surprise and it's like Batista or The Rock or something, but I highly, 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 highly doubt it. Dwayne Johnson show up and do anything but hurt Roman Reigns, people are going to be upset. You can do both, like I've been saying, but it's not going to happen. I mean, right, Miz is going to have just, somebody else. We didn't just vote the last time he did that as the worst John Cena WrestleMania thing of all time. Like... <laughs> Uh, Theory of you, Dawkins, Paul Heyman got a promo, Dominic tried to get Ray to fight again. Uh, oh, he at least challenged him to a match. Yeah. He got somewhere. Uh, so let's go be Kevin Owens. Yeah, man, this was like, nothing happened on this episode it's of Raw. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right, moving on. Yeah, it was a very empty episode. Oh, oh the fucking Asuka dance with the belt as well. Just, uh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? This is the, like, the third so... time, I think, that she just like started spitting out the mess. It's at least the second time. Such, she got such yeah. a huge reaction when she came back with the face paint and like at the Royal Rumble. Like it's got such a huge pop, and they've they're just afraid. whittled away with it week after week. They're afraid to have anyone like test Bianca that isn't a heel. Like it'd be so nice. And I know, like I'm, I'm, it's getting old at this point because even the ruthless aggression era was twenty years ago. But like I miss when people used to just walk up to the other person and start fighting. Like, even big guys like Batista and Taker would just fight on the road to WrestleMania, and it made you want to see them actually get in the ring and have a decisive finish sooner. Like, 
just have them fight. Do something that says these people don't like each other, or they're at least tense with one another. Or, I mean, if you don't want to tell the story that it's like a personal feud and they are just kind of doing the you and I respect each other and we're going to have a banger at WrestleMania, which is basically what they want to do. Have Oscar and Bianca do some sort of challenge thing. Like you've done it in the past where it's like, okay, well, you know, Bianca is going to fight to Piper. I don't know. And she has, uh, you know, if, if I beat her, then I beat her in X amount of time. And then next week, Asuka's like, I'll beat her in less time than that. Not to say that they should squash Piper, but it's just, you know, that's an example. You can do Chelsea Green. Be like, oh, I beat her in 60 seconds. Yeah, I'll beat her in 30. That sucks. I want to see that. It sounds lame. I, I want to see them. You would rather I- see the, Bianca at the end of beating somebody anyway? Just Asuka walks up to her and they look at each other for 30 seconds? No, for I'd five weeks in a row. So I that's said like, what I want to see them do. No, nah, but I mean, at least then you've got something where it's like there's a competitive edge to it instead of you just have them standing next to each other five weeks. I'd rather they were just doing like video packages building up yeah, to this, like that. Bianca Bianca training, showing like she you do that. Yeah, like she not she she's teamed up with Asuka before. She knows how dangerous she is, but now new face paint and persona that she's put on, she feels like even more dangerous and unhinged than ever before. There's some like some really creepy vignettes of Oscar just in like you know in dark rooms like with the you can still have like visuals like the the um the mist pouring down her mouth whatever but she's like she's staring at photos of Bianca or staring at photos of like the championship and cutting promos in Japanese and like with the subtitles on like you could really build up something quite atmospheric and you don't need them you you don't even have to have them come face to face up until. The, night, the, the week, week before, before yeah, the go-home yeah. show. Yeah, and just build up with that. That's what they should have done with Sasha and Bianca in the first place. Like, I, instead yeah. of just talk... No, I yeah. agree. Yeah, instead of just, like, talking about, like, them feuding, essentially teaming up together to take on, like, Reggie and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the entire feud, just use the opportunity to talk about the... Like, the, like Bianca's training up for it and Sasha training up for it and Sasha talking about how Bianca... Like Bianca's obviously got a huge amount of skill and potential, but she isn't ready for this stage yet. And Bianca talking about how she like put even more, like like put so much more effort into it, and she won the Royal Rumble, but she knows the real challenge is coming soon. And then you just show her clips of like doing box jumps and doing sprints and all this other stuff that she's so unbelievably athletic at doing. And you just do that to build up the match. That would be so much better agree. than what they're currently doing. One hundred percent agree with with Callum's vision. Just do something that says this is an athletic contest. This is a this is something that you want to see because you're never going to see a spectacle like this ever again. Because you know that's what they're going to deliver. It's just nothing about the build says that. This build says, "Wow, Carmella and Chelsea Green sure are annoying." Anyway, <laughs> here's Oscar having blue food dye in her mouth. I'm not. I'm not saying that every single feud should just be like that, but like at least you'd say like most major shows, at least one feud should be just built around the fact of, yeah, these are two like super athletes going for the top title. Well, let's just try and tell that story about them being super athletes going towards that title. When you got a story like the Sami Zayn thing, and you got the Cody Rhodes thing, you got the Dominic thing, you've got a story. Yeah. When you don't have a story, and your story is, how about those two in a match? 
then that's when you tell the story of the athleticism. Carlo and yeah, Rio would be fine. better in that style. Rock and Omas at this point would be better in that style. Oh, yeah, I think it would be better than yeah. botching that thing. I mean, with the Rhea and Charlotte thing, you have the inbuilt story, the narrative of what happened three years ago. So you should be building off that story. And they've yeah. mentioned it, but it's not they've not done it in enough detail or depth. Yeah, they've passively so, been like, remember how before, but that again. And yeah. You can literally have Rhea Ripley talk about like this is why even with Edge, I joined Judgment Day because these the loss to you is eating at my soul. And Charlotte can just be Charlotte and say, She needs to beat me. Basically what she's been saying, but you throw a lot more production value around it and it feels more high quality instead of she's saying it to Michael Cole in a backstage interview or whatever. There's ways to do this that would make the show feel better. Again, we go back to the thing. You should care about your build to WrestleMania. (laughs) The more complaints that we put out there as a, as the WWE universe, the more they'll listen and the more that they'll care. So let's talk about NXT. Johnny Gargano looked like a fool. What a bitch. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean, again, I don't really watch NXT from bell to bell, but like from the clips, I thought this show sucks as well. Well, the thing with Gargano that was really stupid, Rob and I were even talking about it before Gargano cuts promo at the beginning of it saying like, Hey, you know, NXT is still my home. No matter what brand I'm on. And since he's talking about his home, Hey, Grayson Waller is actually outside your home. So he gets in his car and he leaves and we get some, you know, tracking that throughout the episode. And then eventually it ends up being, he goes there and Grayson Waller just kind of beats him up. And Candace is like, Hey, 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 you too. Hey, knock it off. Hey, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> like she, right. she might as well have gotten like a little broom and just been, I mean, they did have a rake, but like she got a little broom and just been like, you, you two you boys knock it off. <laughs> you know? Listen, don't try to come for me and say, I don't like Johnny Gargano. Oh, or he's fantastic. Like one of my I, favorites of all time at this point. Go back and watch, listen to any podcast we've done from 2018 to 2020. Even when Callum and Tony were over Johnny and Tommaso, I loved it. This was embarrassing. This makes Johnny Gargano look like a look. He's not a man. Like, you know, like, really, you this guy shows up at your house. And beats you up in front of your wife and baby. And you you don't get a fucking comeback. You don't get anything. You don't send him running away from your property, he just beats you up. And then Candace is like, hey, Quill, I know you want daddy, but not right now. <laughs> okay. It's like, this is supposed to hype me up. No, what would hype me up is if Grayson was being a sleazy son of a bitch and Johnny chases him off his property, and then it's like, all right, I can't wait to see Johnny Argano fuck this dude up. But this made me feel like, ugh, they're really trying their best to let us all know that Johnny Gargano is the least manly man that has ever existed on the history of the world. And yes, I don't care that much about gender roles and stereotypes, but like, come on, take some pride, man. Take some pride. (laughs) I don't go so far as to be, he's the least manliest man ever and all, but I just think that this was kind of (laughs) lame. It's that Grayson didn't, like he didn't, he just beat him up. 
and it's like come on he could have just attacked him in the promo like you know it's there's nothing much else more to it i mean it's more to it that in this case like first of all candace is just again relegated to i'm just joining gargano's wife and nothing more that's kind of her whole the that's whole her role on nxt she wasn't on <laughs> it's yeah. her nxt role and then I mean, what a surprise that Gargano's being treated like a punk bitch as soon as Vincent Mann's now sitting behind Gorilla again. Yeah. That's, that's a real uh, real yeah. odd how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that happened on NXT. We also got more of that whole Keanu James thing. Now we know who the guy behind all this is. His name is Sebastian. <laughs> this is <laughs> the best thing they're doing. <laughs> It's such a guilty pleasure for me. I don't know why. No, it's not the best thing. It's Sebastian. No, no. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. It was a little bit of a stretch, it's, but it's, poetic it's license. Sebastian. Yeah, the best. <laughs> Look, it's not quite I, Uno and Stuno, but I'll, I'll pat I'm myself guessing back for at it. this point that it's just going to be a swerve and Brooks Jensen, Brooks Jensen first name is Sebastian. Sebastian Brooks Jensen, and <laughs> it's supposed to be a secret. Like that's a pet name for him, Sebastian. Because you remind me of the the character from Little Mermaid yeah, or something. Mermaid. <laughs> I I'm so interested in where they go with this. Maybe it's a new wrestler. Maybe they're they're going to debut one of the performance center guys as like this jacked up dude that. You know, <laughs> Some dude it. comes up, yo, I'm Sebastian. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside your home and beat you up. <laughs> beat you up and steal your girl. Well, and your baby. Yeah, and your baby and and your um and your brother Zach. <laughs> it's it's strange. Like we're seeing a lot of people's front doors lately. Isn't yes. that weird? They all kind of look the same too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about the like the thing that like is loosely connected to this or like quite firmly connected to this with stand deliver which is that triple threat tag team match where like you had fucking tate and paxley just bail on ivy nile yeah turn heel for no reason whatsoever yeah we're we're not we're we were never a team and then you have the people that were former were like rivals turn tag team partners win the match in terms of either door now before and they're going to be facing two tag team partners that are actually rivals as well so, so that just shows show this women's division, women's tag division at the very least, is not good. No, <laughs> I said that earlier in the episode. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Fire and Dawn are definitely winning those belts. We've talked yep. about that. Um, if we're talking about things that aren't good, Scripps is um, coming after Axiom. <laughs> I'll talk about things that aren't good. It's like like Wesley getting so angry backstage. Says, "I won't need to fight more people. Okay. <laughs> I want to fight ten people." And Sean goes. And Sean's like, why don't you meet me in the middle? Why don't we do five? And then he's like, okay, five is good. And he goes, okay, so there are four competitors. (laughs) It's like Sean's negotiating lower and lower. He'll be like, you're four competitors for this triple threat match. Is this one guy? (laughs) To be fair, Sean has probably has grandkids at this point. He's got experience as a father. He played the game well. Yeah. So <laughs> at this point, it's going to be Wesley against not nine people, not ten people, not five people, but four other people. And those four, four are not going to be chosen by revealed yet. <laughs> they're they're going to be chosen by Wesley himself. Yeah. We know some people are probably not in the mix. Obviously, we know some people are not in the mix just because it's like, why would they pick 
Dante Chen, for instance. But Tony D'Angelo and Channing Sax Lorenzo actually specifically said on this episode, we should go for the tag titles. So it's highly unlikely that Tony D'Angelo is, is in there. Dijak could still be the case. Wesley could pick Axiom. He could pick Scripps. He could pick Nathan Fraser. He could pick Von Wagner. Uh, so for all we know, it's he could pick... It could be Davicato. Davicato beat Apollo Cruz, so maybe that could be a factor in. Like, hey, he's he's big, and a lot of other people aren't. <laughs> if somebody cuts that promo at any point with Davicato slash Babatunde slash Commander Aziz, if somebody ever just goes, "You're big," and a lot of other people aren't, then they're fucking listening. <laughs> I would say that, like, I, it could I've be JD McDonough and Ilya Dragunov too. I've never seen Apollo Crews have a worse match than against Dabakato. It's like maybe the Nigerian drum match, but that was mainly due to the gimmick more than the, the hey, opponent. Dabakato's not good. He's big. He's big. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, uh, yeah, Ilya Drag- that Ilya Dragunov segment was boring as well. And that's never hear me say that about Ilya Dragunov. Oh, the but, for anybody uh, who missed the promo. Elia comes out and he's like um, saying a lot of things that don't mean anything like pain is like my preference or whatever. And I, a lot of this like verbose bullshit that, you know, McDonough even quotes the Joker with the whole, I think we're destined to do this forever. And like, come on, stop, you know, flogging yourself off there. Um, But the, they start brawling. That, That was the most interesting thing about it was just that, they were fighting and that spilled over into the North American title thing. So it's like, yeah, maybe those two or two of the four. Uh, really <laughs> should pick those two. Probably die Jack and dragon Lee. Dragon Lee popped dragon up again. Lee. He essentially, I wrote this down actually in my notes uh, for the page on tomorrow. Come moment as interview colon dragon Lee reminder, just one of those. Hey, I'm in NXT now type deals. <laughs> He's going to pick Dragon Lee. Hope so. It's a matter of whether he picks all competitors that he can flip around with, or if there's going to be like like a Von Wagner to toss him around. Yeah, like you know, Von Wagner, I'm going to give you a chance to show who you are or something. And then Mr. Stone could say, "Help me, help you." Yeah. They can just quote all their movies. There's the "Help me, help you." There's the uh, "We're destined to do this forever." Maybe um, we can get a reformation of a tag team like Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile, and uh, Paxley can say, you complete me. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, I, I told you, I said it as soon as she collapsed last week, I said, well, they're doing a women's NXT championship ladder match. I was right. Which this you. is vague as all hell. They, yeah. They have not said who is in the match. They have not said the amount of people in the match, but they did put a graphic up that showed four. But they were specific to say in that graphic, but how many of them will there be? Right. Like, and they do that. They are still saying she may or may not need to relinquish the NXT women's championship for reasons that we are being extremely vague about, about injuries that do or do not exist in some fashion, one way or another. And Either this is a storyline that they're going with that's really weird the way that they're doing it, or there's something happening behind the scenes with Roxanne that they 
are legitimately not sure if she can compete and they're putting this out there. So that way they don't just like on a whim to do this. But we have had plenty of instances in the past where it's like, Oh, well, you know what? It turns out that the person's injured and we're just going to spontaneously have that. And I think people would be okay with it. So the fact that they're dragging this out and they're being so mysterious about it and all really has me curious. It might be who, so that Roxanne can show up and forfeit the belt herself. It could be. It could be that she wrestles in the match, and that's why they're not saying, which it wouldn't stop them from doing either, but that's why they haven't said, like, this is going to be a four-way, and then suddenly there's a fifth person, but we've had Brock Lesnar just pop up and win the money in the bank, and we've had plenty of instances where it's like, you know what, we're adding another tag team to this title match, or, you know, so that hasn't stopped them, but what do you guys think is happening here? I mean, we got Gigi Dolan is in the mix now and JC Jane is wearing a sling. So that explains why they did that match. So early it's just, just get that out of the way and whatever, and have her take time off. Oh, that she's genuinely hurt. And then, yeah, uh, think, who's the other I one? It's, um, it, yeah. uh, Zoe Stark beats Sol Rucka. So we, mm-hmm. we got Stark and we got Dolan and then who else? however many people what do you think's happening with roxanne i think she's just gonna get called up and that they don't want her to lose i think right now they're trying to decide whether or not they want to call her up and if they don't she could just pop up in the ladder match win and we can all move on but there's a lot happening in this division right now where i think this is tiffany's match to win I think so too, but she but, still hasn't even been announced for a qualifier yet, but you know, but there's also like Cora Jade and Cora Jade disappeared out of nowhere mm-hmm. and has just sort of on social media been posting photos of her stuff on the Indies. And I'm like, are you saying you want to get a little more extreme? Are you saying you want out? What's going on here? Um, it I could think be, she'll be it, in it though. It could be just as simple as her. It's like, I assume that the reason why she's not on TV right now is because she's injured, and that and that's kind of like part of the issue with this match as well is that this is happening at a time where you've got Nikita Lyons injured, you've got um, Wendy Chu injured, and it seems like Cora's been out for a while, so presumably she's injured. JC Jane is now injured, and we don't know what's happening with Roxanne. Which, according um, to uh, Meltzer, is supposed to have been potentially some kind of undisclosed legitimate medical issue. Mm. But then again, of course, that's coming from Wrestling Observer and with no information whatsoever. So it's like an undisclosed thing. Okay. Something of some kind, maybe. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I I would still like buy into that side of things a little bit. Maybe there is some sort of medical issue, but... Obviously, until they are willing to say it one way or the other, we won't know. Mm-hmm. But I think that I, I think that this could just be a whole case of this is the Viking Raiders situation when they were the tag team champions, which is we're going to find a way for the title to change hands without having Roxanne lose. Yeah, I I don't put it past the idea that she is probably dealing with something. And mm. I had seen the first thing I saw on one of the comments was somebody like, "Oh, is she pregnant?" Which is like that they shouldn't. She wouldn't have wrestled the Mako Sanamore match if that was the case. Um, I don't know what would be a physical issue that would prevent her from 
wrestling at this show, but that they would allow her to wrestle Mako Satomura because it's like, well, if you have, you know, a, a broken toe or you have like a torn peck or you have like anything like that, like they would just be like, okay, well then you, you don't wrestle the Mako match or then they would know you'd need surgery and you wouldn't be able to wrestle here. And, and, you know, uh, sprained ankle is one thing and it's it's different here and there i don't think an injury would have happened during the mako match either for them to do that so it had to be something that they knew prior to the mako match even if it was just like you know an hour before they wrestled that or it's not an actual legitimate physical issue and this is 100 percent of the storyline and if that's the case then they're doing it to get the belt off of her they can't be just to be like, I don't know. Maybe that's interesting. I mean, it could be technically you can do anything like that. It could just be the case, but I think it would be a means to get the belt off of her without her losing it. And I'm hoping that there's no legitimate physical issue. Cause why would I want that to be the case? You know, but I kind of just want more clarity and I'm hoping that by the next episode of NXT, they definitively say something. Yeah, I think maybe like the hope is that obviously everything is okay in the grand scheme of things for Roxanne because she is definitely a very talented performer, and so you want to see hope that nothing is too serious to keep her out of action for too long. But maybe the hope is that the reason that they are being vague about this is because frankly it is vague, and they actually don't know, and they're being as honest as they can with this situation. Because sometimes these things happen and they take time to figure out like what is actually wrong or can she compete or so it might literally be like a day by day, week by week situation right now and there. Yeah. So I, I don't I want personally, to to that they're I, that they're just being vague for the sake of being vague. I personally always kind of wish that people would just be more transparent in almost any situation. Like the Keith Lee thing, we were all like, oh, he had COVID and then it led to something. And it's probably like a like a lung issue or heart issue or something. And then it was like, well, we can't say anything about it. We don't want to say anything. We don't want to say anything for months. So then it was like, yeah, it was a COVID thing. And then it led to that. And it's like, okay, well, I think we could handle it. I, you know, I mean, you might not necessarily want people to know, depending on if it's something that could be potentially embarrassing or whatever. But if she's dealing with some medical issue that wouldn't be like, I would rather them actually say, you know, well, she's got this issue going on and we're not sure if she can compete or whatever. The vague stuff about it blurs that line in a way that I feel a little uncomfortable where then people go, Oh, she's perfectly fucking fine. And it's a story. And it's like, no, she might be going through something really bad right now, but then you can't offer any kind of, you know, goodwill towards something you think is fake. And then you can't also get too invested in something. That's a storyline of that. You know I mean? It's kind of, that's where wrestling's weird. Cause if this were the NFL, they would be like, yep, she's got this issue going on. At this point, I don't expect her to be at stand and deliver. I do. They're being, they're doing too much, but I think she's at least going to pop up to forfeit the belt. Uh, I mean, it's the, as far as wrestling, she might forfeit oh. the belt, but I don't think she's going to wrestle. That's what I mean. Fair point. And we had this weird uh, contract signing 
between Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes. Because earlier in the night, Gallus beat Pretty Deadly to retain their titles. And Pretty Deadly said, we want to host Stand and Deliver then. So then we had the contract signed with nobody out there. So conveniently, Pretty Deadly become the hosts. And the entire thing is Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes going, you're great, man. You're great. Yeah, you're great. You're pretty great, too. And um, hey, fuck Pretty Deadly, right? <laughs> it was interesting. It was something slightly different than what we normally get. And I kind of liked it. But at the same time, I also thought, well, contract signings are lame. So I'm fine with us never really having contract signings. Uh, yeah. I, I've, uh, I'm surprised they managed to do such a good job to call off both Bron Breaker and Kamala Hayes leading into their big title match. Quite, it's quite remarkable actually they managed to do that with two people that especially with Carmelo like two of their brightest stars and just make them feel like you know nothing going do they do this with every title match now that's not Roman and Cody just like every title match like yeah let's make this as boring as possible <laughs> I don't know it's it feels to me like they are overhyping this to be bigger than it is and they just want it to be like you see, this is what 2.0 was leading to all along. Like people just want to see Carmelo Hayes be Carmelo Hayes and be a you know cocky son of a bitch that's like, Ron, I'm going to beat you, and you're a little bitch, and nobody cares about you or your family, and I'm gonna win. And they're just like, Hey, man, you're so great. I like you. Hey, man, I like you too. Hug. Okay, like it's like weird. I think that there's a chance at this point that Braun Breaker retains the title in a heel turn and we do the double turn thing 100% like we've been talking about. And that's like the the gotcha is that Carmelo Hayes doesn't win it yet. Wouldn't shock me. I mean, whatever it is, they've got to do something interesting at this point. Yeah. Or you would hope so, at least. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah, they don't have to, but yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the only thing that you can hope for at this point. Let's round things out with the AEW discussion about Dynamite, which started off with MJF's rebar mitzvah that was interrupted by Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen. The four pillars all had their chance to talk about how they were mad at MJF, who realistically sent them back with a, hey, you know, I fucking deserve to be at the top because I'm the only star that's here. And they had some good points. They also had some moments that I thought were kind of ridiculous. I really didn't like Darby Allen's part of it, where the way, just the way that he was cutting the promo it was just like, <sighs> like oh, the whole thing. I, I was just like, that's throwing me off. But I liked, uh, I liked some of the responses here. And at the same time, I was also kind of like, I don't know if maybe it's a good idea to have your your guys be like, yeah, people want to leave AEW. And also, like, here are some of their storyline aspects. Like, I was supposed to be the jobber for Chris Jericho. Maybe you shouldn't mention that your storyline supposed to lose and all. Like, you could say that in another way and say, I was the backup guy for Jericho or I was carrying Jericho's bags or, you know, I mean, anything along those. Not the, they told me I was supposed to be written as the guy who would lose to set up his promos and stuff. Uh, you know, AEW leans towards the meta thing, so I'm sure everybody else is just like, they mentioned fucking storylines, yay. But good and bad on this, I thought. 
yeah, I, I thought the the segment did contain too much inside baseball. And uh, especially Sammy's. I hated Sammy's promo um, because of the stuff that you mentioned about the job guys. Like you say, he should be just talking about, I was here to be Jericho's lackey. I was going to be nothing more than Jericho's lackey. And then that's the story. And then he'd st- and then you'd build it up with the facts. Like, then I become the, the free-time TNT champion and you use that to build it up. Um, I really like Darby's promo. I think that he came across really well in the sense of yeah you are mentioning about people wanting to leave the company but you come from a position of yeah but i want to be with post company because this is the only place where i get to be me and so he's actually defending the company against all of these you know these uh people on twitter just talking about oh about their spot and they're not happy here or anything along those lines so i think i think it's good that they are building towards this match this is a great next step in the mjf title reign is to do the four pillars trip of a fatal four-way match which i assume will happen on an episode a big episode of dynamite next month because i don't think they're going to stretch this all the way out to double or nothing but yeah i think that overall this was a very successful segment and mjf got thrown into a cake and that was fun i love this segment i this feels like what aew was supposed to be and I'm just very big on them getting back to the roots of the idea. And I like the idea of the pillars working together. I understand completely what you, what you guys are saying. There's so much inside baseball on wrestling programming that I'm numb to it, but I agree with you. And this worked. And I hope that they do a fatal four way. I wouldn't be against them doing it at double or nothing. Cause it would mean two months of focusing on, the pillars and the young talent, but I'm sure they'll do it like Callum said on a main episode of Dynamite. BCC beat Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. Right. Further down in the uh, heel turn side of BCC. Yeah, using the uh, ring bells could help get the victory. So yeah, firmly establishing them as a heel, and this was a very very good match. Quick match for Jay Cargill right after that against Nicole Matthews. Yeah, so the whole segment was built around what happened afterwards. But yeah, it's like the Canadians come out to represent them was Nicole Matthews. They picked her up as like this 15-year veteran, and then she got beaten in three moves. And so Jay does a nice promo afterwards where she basically challenges Renee Paquette to a fight, which is funny. And then uh, and then asks if that's the best candidate's got, and then you out comes Ty Valkyrie. And she is signed with AEW, so that's the other yeah, one we were yeah. talking about earlier. So she is not just there for one match that she didn't wrestle on this particular card. You guys think she's got a chance to actually beat her? Uh, um, well, at this point, like you're, yeah. you've held the title for so long that I think pretty much anybody who has name value has potential to beat Jade. The interesting thing about Tyre is obviously... She does have a, st- a strong reputation on pretty much every other promotion she's been in. Um, and she's she big. also used like yeah. she's just as tall, if not taller, than Jane yeah. Cargill. And she used and she uses Jade's finisher. Like she, her finisher is the same as Jade Jade's finisher. So I think that there is a good dynamic there. I don't think she's going to beat Jade, but she's got as but she's probably got the biggest shot so far out of anybody that's challenged her. Yeah, I hope she beats her. I mean, Jade needs to lose. We need to move on. So we're hitting a territory where 
anything you do is almost going to feel like a letdown. So let's try to do something special. We got the QTV stuff. <laughs> they are, uh, they're not winning me over quite with that. No, no, it's not, no, it's not, it's not the best, <laughs> but you know, I, I kind of like the fact I, I, I will would always appreciate QT going after the hacks on Twitter. Like, um, like yeah, Raj Fury and, uh, and... and and Louis Dangor and those. Did people. you go after Louis? Did I miss that? I know he hasn't got after Louis yet, but Louis's already pointed out the fact that he's probably going to be next to be targeted because of the because shit Louis that he of says. Of course, wants to be next. Of course, he wants to because he loves the humiliation. I think he gets off on it. I'm not here to king shame, but yes, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not king shaming him, but just like you know, don't make it so blatant on just Twitter. At least get making OnlyFans for it or something. <laughs> Um, what else we got going on? We got the outcast thing where Soraya said twat. <laughs> Why do you guys say it like that? What? Why do you guys say twat? It's twat. Twat. Didn't, I, didn't I just say twat? No, you said, well, you said twat. Yeah, that's twat, Americans, twat. Yeah. That's how Americans say twats. And that's like, that is a, very distinct because people like like mocked her a little bit because she said oh she mispronounced twat it's like no that's how you say it in that's how you actually say it and for some I'm reason I'm not here to tell the English without English so if you yeah, say exactly. it's twat then it's twat <laughs> and it's just like funny as well because she got well she said that she got fined for it and I wouldn't be surprised she did because it's not it's not it's a it's a pretty offensive word in the UK but um but yeah I think that's I thought this was a, a successful segment. It finally gave the explanation as to why Tony has signed up for them after being like a baby face prior to it. Gives more credence to the Ruby uh, joining them as well. They they came away from this segment more fully fleshed out characters and a more fully united group than they were prior to it. So I guess this was successful. And it set the line down, like line down when you have a uh, both Jamie and uh, Brit come out first to try and battle them, but then they're outnumbered, and then the cavalry come in with Riho, Were Nightingale, and Sky Blue. So, so there's five baby faces right there. Mm-hmm. Need two more heels. Yeah, Athena probably going to be one of them, and then, then I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm, think, I'm starting to think Sheeta might go into the heel side. Maybe, just for the sake of it. Yeah. Thinking Bella Twins? No, <laughs> could be Bella Twins. Yeah. Um, Oh, we skipped over uh, Orange Cassidy retained the now international championship over Jeff Jarrett. Hey, hey guys, Jeff Jeff Jarrett's great. <laughs> I don't, I, uh, again, I'm just I was completely wrong. He's, <laughs> he's fucking amazing, and he he, he plays himself so well because everyone went into this thinking, "Fuck, Jeff Jarrett's going to win the international championship." Because everyone everyone just people just have this PTSD towards Jeff Jarrett and titles, even though the last time he held the um, TNA World Championship was like 2005. People still think that he's going to win every single title that's ever ex- I know, it's a, presenting for him. It's amazing. My favorite thing to do right now is tease people about Jeff Jarrett winning titles. I do think at this point he's had too many title shots, mm. but I, I love every single time because people, it works immediately. You book him in a title match and people are like, oh, fuck, he's going to win. What are we going to do? Jeff Jarrett's going to be champion. It's amazing. Yeah. But it's also another case of like, it's your, it's your weekly Orange Cassidy is great segment because this yeah. guy is king of television right now, it feels like. 
I feel like uh, there's a part of me that just um, is on the same wavelength of my talking about uh, Bray Wyatt not working out and eventually being like, okay, yeah, everybody's on the same page. And then I've been like, you know, I've been saying for years that I <laughs> kind of like Jeff Jarrett. And then I, from the very start, was like, Orange Cassidy's fantastic. <laughs> not that you guys hated Orange Cassidy or something before, but like, kind of like, yeah, see, uh, I'm. Oh, he's exceeded the expectations. Yeah, he's even better. Like, he just keeps getting better and better um in the ring especially so that was great uh and then we had our triple threat trios match house of black against the elite against the jericho appreciation society which all ended with a cool visual of hangman adam page standing with the elite to end the show so very good segment oh, yeah, to, uh, to match- cap things off yeah the match was awesome again it was a bit confusing there were a few like the things that you'd expect from these types of matches where there's just nine pe- nine bodies going all over the place where you have like pins that shouldn't really be pins because they're not the legal men, but you can kind of let that go a little bit. And House Black One, which was the right decision, Jericho and Kenny were super over in Winnipeg, as you'd expect them to be. And yeah, you ha- end up with this visual of the Blackpool Combat Club like bearing down on Hangman and the Elite coming to his aid. And they cut it off at the right time where you have just Hangman just turning around and then it fades to black. And then there's some clips online about what happened afterwards with Kenny bailing from the ring. So he's kind of not ready for a reunion just yet, which is the right way it should be because Hangman's the guy that beat him for the title. So he shouldn't be just immediately open arms, hugging, we're ready to get back into this. But uh, it's clearly moving in the right direction and... Uh, it's nice to see that we're going to have this whole elite reunion and it's going up against BCC and that should lead to a lot of great matches. There's four members of BCC. There's four members of the elite. That Anarchy in the Arena match and subsequent Blood and Guts match should be a lot of fun. Mm. I do say so myself. Is there anything else that I missed? I don't think so. No, no, no. Yeah, that was a, yeah. I really enjoyed that episode of Dynamite. They should go to Canada. Well, they're going to go to Canada more often. Oh, that's probably something we should mention. The Forbidden Door. Yeah, Forbidden Door in Canada, yeah. Yeah, so that's been announced for, I think it's June. Oh, what? It's June 20, 20 something. Can't remember, 25th, I think, but I might be wrong on the the, the exact number. But it's in, uh, yeah, Toronto, Canada. So, yeah, that's, uh, I always love that when they go to Toronto, the crowds are always like super engaged in it. And they'll be especially engaged because I don't think. I don't think New Japan's ever gone to Canada, at least not in recent times. So that's like a really big moment for them to go over to that part of the world in front of a really passionate fan base. And yeah, I'm excited to see what sort of matches are going to come up. I'm, I, I don't even want to think about what potential dream matches they'll put together for this one because of how successful the first Vindor was, even though that was a, in many ways a very snake bit show. So hopefully they'll have all... Um, all people available, all hands on deck for to make this match good, to make this show even better than the last one. Brian Anderson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Definitely something that That'd they got to be thinking one. about. And um... yeah, uh, Omega's um, Omega's obviously the United States champion for New Japan, so he could take on a, a like a top New Japan guy. Maybe a um, I'm trying to think of who would line up right now. Maybe a. So, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the what because there's literally anybody you go for. But you go with like a Naito, you could to, for more of like the 
the uh, immediate name value. You could throw in a, a young guy like Shota Rumino into there. There's there's a lot of things you could do. It could be Osprey again. Who knows? All righty, everyone. Well, that is episode number 589 of the Hot Tags. As per usual, drop your thoughts in the comments below. Tell us your thoughts on all the things we talked about. Make sure that you are doing all the things we said before about the Dusty Roads Road to WrestleMania contest for the Funko Pop. Make sure you're voting on the Smart Madness tournament. Make sure you check out the Hall of Lame on the Dark Cast by subscribing all over the place that we've got on Patreon and such. Hit the like button on this video and make sure that you are also checking out the Blueprint Project and the Batman, a nighttime story over on Fanboys Anonymous. And if you are in the mood to click on everything all in one handy dandy little list, go to anthonymango.com and you can see the links to all the social media accounts, the YouTube pages and such. Subscribe to everything along there, as well as my personal Facebook and Twitter, and even check out things like my Letterboxd and all. And uh, make sure that you are also following the different things that these other guys have going on for you. Rob? Follow me everywhere at DudePolice. Check out my work on Fightful and WrestleZone. And thank you for your continued support. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. You can check out all the things that are going out on Smart Cat Moment, including the power rankings every Saturday, my weekly contribution, and also on Smart Cat Moment and at www.fantasyleague.com. You can f- find it. The Fantasy League, see what the latest standings are as we head towards the final shows of the year and WrestleMania, where we will crown the winner of the 2022-2023 season. All right, so plenty of things coming your way, everybody, not only when it comes to those things, but also we've got more podcasts coming your way pretty soon. We've got whatever we decide to do next week. Originally, it was supposed to be the Wrestling with the Past full-on Hall of Fame discussion combined with one more match about those, but if they don't announce more people, then I don't think we can really do that, so we might have to do something else on the fly and figure that out when we figure it out. But then, of course, following that, we've got another episode of the Hot Tags. We also have things happening over on Fanboys Anonymous pretty soon. Somewhere in the next couple of weeks, we are going to be watching the Super Mario Brothers movie. I know Rob and I are at least going to check out Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham. It's, I think, the 25th or so. So that's coming up in about a week. And anything else that you see under a mango tree, you'll be seeing it on those different platforms. So just stay tuned, keep clicking around, keep checking back and keep leaving your comments and we will see you next time. But this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out.